Oh, hey, everybody. How's it going out there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing while you're listening to this, I wonder? Homework. Homework. Maybe working out. Got some earbuds in. Cooking. Maybe you're mowing the lawn. Probably not this time of year. Hmm. Well, whatever you're doing, I hope it's going well. <laughs> uh, so, uh... <laughs> We'll just keep what happened between us there, Kevin. Um, so our guest today is Sophie Aaron. Sophie is a martial artist. She is a martial arts coach. She is a coach and co-owner at The Pit, Idaho. She competes in jiu-jitsu and soon-to-be MMA. That is her goal and We'll let you, we'll let her tell you guys about that, what she does in this episode. She's a mother and kind of a badass, actually. Um, she's pretty, pretty damn cool, I would say. And you guys are going to get to meet her in this episode. So, we, uh, oh, this is also our very first episode with a female. So, she's our first female guest. That's pretty cool. Mm hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And, (laughs) yeah, so uh, second episode in the studio. The sound we noticed on last episode still is not quite where we want it, but we're uh, working on getting some different microphones to maybe help that. So, yeah, well, we hope uh, everybody has a good Halloween that's coming up this week, and everybody stay safe out there. Anything you have to say over there? Nope. Stay safe. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And, yeah, follow our Instagram, at Mission Prep Podcast. We like to post stupid shit on that that we want you guys to see. And, yeah, that's all we have for you, I think. Right? Yep. Enjoy. So you said you had a story to start it out with. Go for it. Yeah. So as you know, I, this is my first podcast I've ever done. Um, and I hate the sound of my own voice. I, we, we do as well. <laughs> After every episode, I'm sure you guys are like, do I really sound like that? Uh-huh. So I'm in the coffee drive through and I go up and grab my drink and the girl goes, hey, can I give you a really random compliment? Your voice is so soothing. I could listen to it all day. And I was like, oh, how well-timed is this compliment? Because I was just thinking about that. After going on a podcast, I'm going to listen to my own voice and be like, the guys don't really sound like that. <laughs> Did you like give her your number? Or? She followed my Instagram. She wants to listen to the podcast, so you'll hey, have a new follower. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. So you just came off of a jiu-jitsu tournament. Yeah. Um, which from what I saw, it looked like you did pretty well. Yeah, it was rough. Um, the first match I tweaked my knee, the girl, knee reaps are legal in mm-hmm. that tournament. And what that means is your knees just like torque the wrong way. Some tournaments they're illegal, but this one they were allowed. And so I tapped cause it got pretty tight from that leg lock. And instead of like going out the same way she came in, she just kind of kept going. 
just to get out of it, and it popped even more. So my knee popped in the first match. And then um, I kept going because I didn't want to quit after the first match, obviously. That was, like, the most stacked tournament that I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Usually there's only, like, three girls in my bracket, if I'm lucky, just Mm -hmm. because there aren't many of us here in the Valley who compete. Um, So I was pretty stoked. And then um, that happened, so that was a huge bummer. It kind of took a blow to my mental state for the rest of the gi matches and then in no gi i ended up podium uh second place so yeah fought through it but was on crutches for a week but i'm off now so just kind of limping around well no gi is kind of your bread and butter though oh yeah yeah <laughs> i love no gi yeah i'm a wrestler at heart yeah. for sure yeah how, how i don't even know this how long have you been doing jujitsu um i started jujitsu in 2011 um, but it was really off and on at that time. I was in college and I was just adding it on to my kickboxing training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, off and on throughout college. And then once we moved out here, I started more consistently training. So I mean, cumulatively, I would say without all the breaks, maybe like six years mm-hmm. I've been doing jujitsu, but I started training in martial arts in 2011. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, cause I mean, I've, I've rolled with you and you're much better than I am. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I outweigh you by well over a hundred pounds for sure. Well, listen, skill can only take you so far because I don't care what people say. Size does matter. I I think it matters. Like from my standpoint, once I started getting some technique to go with my size and strength, then it started to play a fact, uh, play, play part of it. But when I had no technique, I mean, there's other people that were there not much longer than me, but their technique was better. Yeah. And they're smaller than me and they kick my ass. Yeah. Skill is important, but I mean, especially for a female, like I just, I train with mostly guys, um, big guys. So once they start getting better, maybe six months to a year in, then we kind of start catching up. And then Mm -hmm. even at the lower levels, if once they get some skill, you know, they can beat on you just because of your size. Yeah. I just realized that that heater has been on. That's what that noise was. Yeah. Now it sounds a little better. Oh, that's all right. It wasn't bothering me. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's uh, me. I've always been like big and bigger than everybody and strong. Mm-hmm. And then going into doing jujitsu. It's very humbling. That, very humbling. <laughs> like my first class was me and Cruz. And it was yeah. just us. And I knew he was going to kill me. He's, <laughs> he's been doing it forever. But in the back of my mind, I still had that like. I'm bigger than he is. I can take him. Yeah. Well, I can like, take I'm, him. <laughs> I'm thinking if I can hold his head, I, I, I nope, nope, wasn't happening. And I think by the end of class, I was out in the parking lot throwing up. <laughs> and yeah, it was, uh, it was humbling. Sounds about par for the course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like even Kevin, who he's physically fit, he's an athlete, kind of the same thing. When you came into it, it was, there's people that are just better because of yeah. technique. Well, I never assumed I could outpower anybody, I guess. Because, like, I guess the humility you learn in the military. I mean, some That's guys true. don't. Some guys are still, like, pieces of shit, but <laughs> like, I went in there being like, I'm an underdog, and everyone's just gonna kill me. And I actually had to learn to start letting people tap me for the benefit of them. Yeah. Because I've wrestled so many guys in there that are, like, 150 to 170 that are better than I am, but they just can't put anything on me because I'm just naturally stronger than they are. I'm like, God, that's not really helping anybody. Yeah. That's just me being um, inadvertently an asshole. 
So I would start resisting less. Yeah. Which isn't benefit. It is still benefiting me because now I'm working on technique. Oh, it's good for you. Yeah, That's so great for you. I take my strength out of it and I just become this noodle. Yeah. Well, oh, another thing with, with Kevin, when he started coming, is he's one of those guys, even if you're good and you get you sink something good in him, he's not going to freaking tap. And it's discouraging. When you know you have <laughs> a choke. That's that military background. <laughs> it is. And when you know you have a choke in on him. And I, like me and him would roll, and I'd be, I'd have something good, in, and I would be squeezing as hard as I could. And his mind's a little stronger than mine because I would have been tapping real quick. Nap before tap. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then, like you said, he got to a point where he would start to tap, yeah. and then start over yeah. and all that. But yeah, there's, and that was all of us, Colton, everybody, and there would say, "Yeah, Kevin's so hard to tap because <laughs> you could get him in whatever you wanted, even even with Cruz, which he would eventually tap with Cruz. But there was times where he just. Wouldn't tap, wouldn't tap, wouldn't say, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> tap. I, I tap. I can tell Cruz that. Like, I'll tap when I know I'm passing out. But if I, if there is, <laughs> but if I'm still even able to every six seconds pull on a breath of air, I don't need to tap yet, which means I can still problem solve because there's oxygen mm-hmm. in my brain. I can beat my way out of this. And it works sometimes. Not with Cruz, because as soon as I'm trying to work my way out of it, he finds a new position. Yeah. He just me anyway. He's you know? 20 steps ahead of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so have you been have you been training under Cruz your whole martial arts career? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We I had other coaches who were his coaches who came in and did some of the jujitsu and wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, his wrestling coach Frazier, did he talk about him when he was on? I don't. I don't remember. There, there was so much we talked about quite a bit, but we went about. I an know. Hour. Just touched we, the we surface. We could have talked. <laughs> yes. And I, I told Cruz I wanted to come back because. Oh yeah. I, and I know just from being. Having him as my coach, we've talked about so many things that he has some really cool stories and he's done a lot of cool things. Yeah. And we can go on for hours. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't even scratched the surface of what he's done. But, yeah, we shared some some of his coaches. I've trained with John a couple times just when I go, John Hackleman, Mm -hmm. uh, just when we go visit, um, train with him. Um, I've trained with his wrestling coach, Frazier. He led a lot of the fight team training back in California, and so um, okay. I had the chance to wrestle with him a lot. He's a scary dude. Mm-hmm. D1 wrestler, gymnast, just super strong, and he's very analytical. So mm-hmm. he's cruises 20 steps ahead of you. Frazier's like 30 or 40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I haven't trained um, with anybody else other than other than Cruz. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been around, you know, some of the same guys, so it's kind of cool to, like, see all them in a room together like chuck um john kumu rick he's uh in malibu he's one of um john's guys for a long long time mm-hmm. and um yeah it's super cool to see all those guys together cool. yeah yeah we um, try to go to hawaii every year for the black belt testing and that's usually where i get to spend time with all those guys yeah yeah, yeah. that's cool that's really cool that they do that black belt testing in hawaii oh my gosh yeah that's that's all mine will be next I've seen year videos and mm-hmm. pictures are you next year? Mine's next year, yeah. Are you yeah. are you already nervous about it? Yes. <laughs> it's I just never really thought like I would be at that point because yeah. that's not I never started martial arts for the belt mm-hmm. like ever. That was never really a goal until maybe like red belt or so. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this actually might be attainable." And so that's yeah. Yeah. It's that's, crazy. Um when you started, did you go in was it did you go like straight Hawaiian Kappa? So you were doing jujitsu and kickboxing a lot, or were you yeah. kickboxing first? Or? I started just with fitness kickboxing. Okay. I grew up in Lake Tahoe area, and I was a competitive cross country skier growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since I can remember, so I had always had like a sport competitive um, 
something like that Mm -hmm. in my life. And then when I left for college, I went to San Luis Obispo. So it's a coastal town. There's no snow. Um, I just, I needed something to do. And I always loved um, MMA, like just watching it Mm -hmm. on TV. I didn't really know much about it other than maybe a few famous people, but even then I didn't know much. Yeah. Um, But it, it always just interested me martial arts and boxing, kickboxing. So I decided just to take a class and then I was hooked. Um, I just did the fitness stuff for a couple months and watched one of the belt ceremonies that I got invited to. And I just thought it looked kind of cool, mm-hmm. badass to punch some stuff and kick some stuff and, um, just kind of learn how to defend myself. So that's where that started. And yeah, that's cool. Fuck my ass, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't edit that out. <laughs> I've left that in a couple times. Too, I know. Unfortunately. Um, no, because I, I like that. I've always been enamored by it too. And what's held me back as an adult has nothing to do with, I think, with the ego. In fact, I'm all for it. But I think more men and women should be humbled as adults because we lose that. We get stuck in our own egos. We get stuck in our own minds all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm this person. This is me. It's like, yeah, but what happens when shit gets hard? You don't know because you don't get prepared for it. Yeah. And by, truly, uh, by studying Mr. Martial Arts, you are preparing for something. But it's, you know, uh, training with weapons and studying that you are preparing yourself for something. Um, people that don't like weapons or fighting, well, good for them, but they're going to be asking people like us for help when shit starts getting bad. Yeah. You know, because yeah. They, they were against it. It's easy to be against all that when you, life is easy, you know? Yeah. But if you live in a country that starts going down to a second or third world country, you're going to need that shit, you know? Um, I mean, think about what, 12, 14,000 years ago, some alpha male punched someone in the face and broke his hand, couldn't hunt, died. And the guy, the second command was like, huh, I don't want to break my fucking hand. I want both. I want to kick someone's ass and feed the tribe. Someone make a weapon. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's a way of going about being smarter when you're training and having it for a purpose. You know yeah. What I mean? And, uh, no, it's, it's very important. I think so. You can meet myself personally. I have not invested enough time into it. You know, the most, like, some of the best fighting experiences I've had were just being in real fights because I haven't trained enough. Mm-hmm. And it was always in the barracks, and I don't drink, and it was always against a drunk person. So it was <laughs> never, I was never in a position where I was scared for myself. Yeah. It was a drunk guy taking a swing that he thought was awesome and completely missing, and me just bopping him. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that's not good. That's not good training either, you know. Um, so I think. I need to get back into it. So it's Jake. Yeah. We need to start with each other. We, he has the mask. Yeah. Which we, we keep saying, okay, we're going to go out the garage. We're going to start rolling. <laughs> it's different though. It's, In, it's not the same. It's hard to train at your house. I mean, yeah. when we were shut down and we were doing classes out of our basement, like mm-hmm. that sucked. Like we did it cause that's what we had to do, but you adapted. Made yeah. It, made it work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, like you said, they train for that purpose, you know, for preparedness, but a lot of people don't go in there with that mindset, especially women. Um, like for someone like me, I want to feel empowered. Like there's just something about it mm-hmm. where you learn a lot about yourself, like through the lens of martial arts. So it's not like I'm there necessarily. Of course, it's a part of it to learn self-defense, but like you learn a lot about yourself, like who you are, what you can do, mm-hmm. um, what you want to do in your outside life inside the gym. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big piece of why people go train not at their house because you can't necessarily get that in your own garage yeah you go there for the community i think it's good like 
if you have if you if you have to do it at your house, it's good to have someone that's going to do it with you, which is yeah, I mean, better than nothing. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu is a little hard by yourself. Yeah, you can work on you know certain maneuvers and stuff by yourself, I guess. But I need someone to push me. Yeah, I, I really do. I, yeah. And that's with any kind of exercise for me. I'm not one that can go out in my garage by myself. I cannot get the motivation. But if I have someone like Kevin right there or at the gym, someone like Cruz, yeah. Yeah. that that pushes me and it, it holds me accountable because the accountability thing has been an issue for me my whole life with, with any physical stuff is if I don't have something holding me accountable, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And at least I'm aware of that, which is good. But having like somebody like Kevin who, when it comes to, lifting and stuff like that he's yeah. my, he's my guy to get me going with yeah that. and then with martial arts you're right going to the gym and you have a bunch of other people who are striving for the same goals you are yeah everybody's there to make themselves a better person yeah and i think that really helps i know when i started jujitsu it was mostly for the workout that's what i wanted i wanted something fun yeah I yeah wanted something to work out something that i could have fun working out which it is like to me even if I'm getting my ass kicked, it's like when you're a kid and you like wrestle around with your friends. Like that's what it feels like we're doing in there and it makes it fun and it's a challenge. Yeah. And then when you do land something on somebody else, you, you end up tapping somebody out. It's the coolest feeling ever. Going back to your primal nature. I think like people don't get enough of that anymore. And I mean, women, it might be a little bit different, but I mean, still there's just nothing like it because you Mm -hmm. still have that inside of you and there's, Nothing like it when you're just beating the shit out of each other, and then you can hug at the end. (laughs) I think I think human beings need struggle to to be better Mm -hmm. at everything, and it doesn't have to be martial arts, but just struggle. Uh, I was training a guy at work this week, and he was having a really really hard time. He was just learning how to shift a semi truck, and I'm trying to teach him how. And he's saying, "Ah, there's all this traffic around me. Oh, I'm getting nervous." And I said, "I was telling him, I'm like, this is going to make you better." All this stress, when you start getting the shifting right, you're going to feel so good about yourself. And this stress is going to push you to do a good job. And I think that's the same with martial arts. Especially, yeah. especially jiu-jitsu, because that's all I have yeah. any I've ever done is jiu-jitsu. But the struggle of it, like, for instance, at your gym, when Cruz cranks the heat up to 90 degrees. <laughs> for your benefit, and, Oh, man. I, I remember the first, what, <laughs> month? I was... Literally puking every after every class. But you came back. <laughs> I, I sure did. I remember one time I was rolling with uh, Ryan, and he threw a triangle on me, and he wasn't sinking it in because he's way better than I am. He knew he wasn't trying to kill me. But he threw a triangle in, and I got nauseous. I was so overheated, <laughs> and I tapped, and he lets go. He's like, "Why are you tapping?" I didn't even have anything. I'm like, "I got to go to the bathroom," <laughs> and I ran to the bathroom and just threw up. It was so bad. But then I got used to the heat. Yeah. And then I got to the point where if I was, like, for instance, the one tournament I did, it's not hot there. You're like, it's cold in here. Yeah, so but, turn the heat on. Yeah. But you don't get <laughs> you don't get tired. No. You're so used to being under that stress of the heat yeah. that when you get into a different element, it's easy. Yeah. I mean, maybe easy is the wrong word, but. It becomes doable. Yes. Your yes. conditioning just kind of keeps climbing and climbing and climbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's good for. Just people in general to have hard things to do and accomplish the hard things. Yeah. I think it makes you a better person. Yeah. yeah. There's That's no it. room for complacency. No, that's exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah. You can't get complacent. Yeah. And no. then you start. I the best way, the thing that I've used to not get complacent is like, right, snipers, we say 
aim small, miss small. But mm-hmm. the second one is aim high, miss small. If you aim for a goal of going and shooting for four hours, but you shoot a quality for quality time, two and a half hours of shooting, hey, that's good because you aim for four, you should do quality two and a half hours, mm-hmm. which is better than one or is better than not fucking going because mm-hmm. you aim for something at a goal. And I feel like if, even if I went to Jiu-Jitsu without a goal, I'm just, I'm just going to go to see how it's... I'm just going to like lay around and not learn anything. Mm-hmm. There has to be something that you're setting your eyes on. Like, um, you know, like I just want to get technique good or better, you know. It shouldn't be that one to kick someone's ass because that's kind of their own mindset, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe yeah, not for some people, but you should want to go learn, yeah, and just fucking lay out some sweaty farts, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dude, I remember one time. Oh my Jake, gosh. Jake was on top of me and it was so hot. And he just squished my belly down, yep. my legs over, like on top of me. And I just farted on him. He was massive, too. So he, At least he, you weren't in a triangle. So, oh, I know. Well, he, he threw an arm bar from, from his back. And you know, where you reach over, grab the shoulder, and you fold him in half yeah. to break yep. it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it pushed some stuff out. And <laughs> Sorry, bro. Yeah. Everybody on the mat. <laughs> Got a whiff of that. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and that's the thing is, I, I always rolled fasted, too. So what the hell am I farting for? Yeah. Like, shit, like, 14 hours? You know? Moving your guts around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think the worst one in the gym for that is Colton. Colton? Which, which I know he listens to this, so. Colton, if you're out there, Colton. he yeah. would beg to differ. Oh. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> actually, I, I, I know who you're talking you know about. I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But with my experience, Colton was uh, the the worst one when it came to that. But I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, with your martial arts, as long as you've been doing everything, is your main goal? Do you want to fight? Like, yeah. Is that what you're? I think you're planning on doing that. What I've heard. Yeah. Um. Once my knee heals, Cruz is gonna put me in camp. So I think that's about like two months. Yeah. And then he just starts looking, and then we plan from there. That's to cool. be honest, I just show up and train, and yeah. I don't ask questions. Cruz knows what I want to do, and I trust him as a coach, so I don't ask, mm-hmm. like, when am I going to fight? When am I going to fight? Because he knows when I'm ready and yeah. when I'm not. Um, I'm hoping it'll be local, but you never know with things, especially now. It's just so different. Yeah. Although the, the grappling tournaments, like, they were pretty low-key about, like, the mask situation and mm-hmm. stuff like that. and Those are a lot easier to get. Um so there's not a lot of like camp quote unquote related to training for those. It's just not as dangerous because you're not getting punched. Mm-hmm. Obviously you can get injured because I did, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's just different. It's mm-hmm. just different. There's I think too many places and people that they come in like, yeah, I want to fight. And they expect to fight within like six months having no experience. Yeah. And that's just, it's not like it was I'm sure Cruz talked about that on the podcast before, mm-hmm. but back then you would fight on like no notice multiple times in a day. Yeah. It's just not like that anymore. No, there's a you lot know. more the sport of mixed martial arts itself. Cause like you, I've been a big fan of it for a long, long yeah. time. I mean, I follow, I follow MMA. Like most guys follow football. Yeah. Like, I'm a nerd about it. I, <laughs> I know way too you know much. more than me. <laughs> I know way too much about it. And I could, especially if somebody else I know is interested in it, I could sit there and talk MMA yeah. for hours. But, yeah, it's, it's a totally different thing because it's become – it was, like, known as, like, savagery, cage fighters, all mm-hmm. this. And now it's it's a more w- well-respected sport. There is sure – I'm sure there's still people that think it's – Yeah. It's, you know, barbaric and yeah. all that stuff. But with all the rules they've put in place, the weight classes, the, yeah. 
the the drug testing. It's become a very legitimate sport. Yeah, it's definitely gained ground, obviously, and it's way more mainstream. And that's why I think everybody like they a, p- a part of people want to be involved just because it's like the cool thing to do now. And they're like, yeah, I want to fight. And mm-hmm. at least with us, those people don't last very long. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then they realize what it really takes, like to do the training. Mm-hmm. At least that we require. I can't speak for anywhere else, but yeah. like I've been at this for a long time, and mm-hmm. it just has not been in the cards for me yet. Like a lot of it, I just been inconsistent when I was in college, and mm-hmm. it, like I said, it wasn't my goal at that time. I competed in jujitsu a lot, probably more times than I can count. But um, it's time. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. yeah, it'll help legitimize me a little bit more. I think too. Yeah. Um, going for my black belt next year and mm-hmm. um it's just gonna help elevate me for what i want to do yeah. for martial arts well, and i think just knowing you personally you have the mindset for to be a fighter you just do you're you're always from what i've seen you're a go-getter with everything you're doing yeah and you put it's a good thing and a bad thing. To it. <laughs> yeah yeah it can be but I i'm think, working on it <laughs> i think it's more a good thing than it is a bad thing yeah people that strive to for success and no matter what they're doing, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And yeah, you got to fail at some things. Yeah. But if you learn from those failures and move on and sometimes yeah. something you're doing might not be for you, but. For me, it's just feedback. I wouldn't call it failure. It's just feedback. Yeah. Like, okay, that didn't work or this isn't working. This might not be actually what I want to do. And it just allows me to shift and change and, and do all that. Yeah. You'll never see me sitting still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, then on top of, your own training, you also coach. Yeah. So you're, you're busy. Yeah. And you hold a job outside of that yep. as well. Yeah. I work, well, I wouldn't say nine to five. I work like seven to four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm up early working all day. Also a mom. Yep. Mom, <laughs> stepmom. Yeah. Gym owner. So I do all the back office stuff, yeah. the people in the door, coach, train. So there's mm-hmm. like no time in my day that's like used for nothing. And that's what I'm trying to be better about. Yeah. I can only, you know, fill other people's cup if mine's full as well. Yeah. So I've been working really hard on that, but yeah. that's just kind of in my nature. So I don't, that'll be hard for yeah. me. <laughs> time management is. It's just how you prioritize. Yeah. I always hear people like, Oh, I don't have time for that. Oh, I'm too busy like this and that. And it's all an excuse. It's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. You just haven't prioritized that and that's okay. Yeah. And I think people don't want to like admit it. So for example, people come to the gym. They're like, oh, I'm just too busy. I'm too busy. I'm like, no, you just, you're prioritizing other things and that's okay. But people, people don't want to be like viewed as prioritizing other stuff. Yeah. Where we don't, we don't care. Mm-hmm. You want to come in, train, train. Yeah. You don't, no, that's why we don't do contracts. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so which, we want people who want to be there and will show up yeah, regardless. I think, I, I think we kind of touched on that with crew, but that pulls in the right people. Yeah. It does. It's people that want to be there. That's who you want there, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's turnover with that, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're building what we want to build. No, I agree. I remember yeah. people were trying to sell us systems at the at the CrossFit gym for like, that. like hey, you should use this or Wattify. You don't want contracts, man. I don't fucking care about that. Yeah. And it's going, it's gone that way too. It's how can we make most money? What, what supplements can we push? Like, do you really believe in those supplements? No, yeah. you're a fucking fake. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, so I got this distaste with most CrossFit, not most, I'd say half of CrossFit gyms because of that. It's all about marketing and your social media. Mm-hmm. It's not about going in there and learning the right way to fucking do something and doing it correctly. Yeah. Instead, of you have a bunch of ass clowns at competitions that can't do a snatch properly, you know, but they're a competitor. 
Like, I wouldn't let someone go compete for my gym and mm-hmm. say you move like shit. Yeah. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's a similarity between the way you ran your CrossFit gym, which I was a member of, and the way you guys run the pit. Yeah. Which I'm a member of. Yeah. Is technique. Technique. Yeah. Technique. Even I mean, the fitness classes. Yeah. And I've, I've yeah. taken, yeah. I've, I've done the kickbox, kickboxing fitness class. I thought it was going to be a walk in the park. Yeah. Because I'm, there's a bunch of, <laughs> housewives and moms and I mean all walks of life come through there but I went in and I'd been doing jujitsu something I'll be be fine I'll be good you're my favorite person to come take my class Jake (laughs) I I only did one maybe two I did one or two but I remember the first time you kicked my ass I was and my wife was doing them yeah Joanna's just sitting there going yeah it was a whole different (laughs) different workout than jujitsu is yeah and it was just and I remember oh I was hurting for days after that because <laughs> I just wasn't used to those movements and and actually I noticed also like when you would end up coaching one of my jiu-jitsu classes you do it your own way you mm-hmm. have your own way of doing it yeah I have a style <laughs> and so it was something different which I enjoyed I like to switch it up a little mm-hmm. bit but I, like some of the stuff I was so sore <laughs> the next day because I wasn't used to doing it yeah and I, I think that's cool but that's how Kevin ran his CrossFit gym as well it was better to do it the right way yeah. than then yeah, I think certain people way. are just big on integrity. Well, you take pride in what you right. do. Yeah, sure, you do it because you want your livelihood and that's your income. But that'll come with if by showing your expertise, by showing your care for what you do. Yeah, and if yeah. you do it like everybody else is doing it and selling out, well, you don't stand out. Yeah, so you won't do any better anyway. Yeah, so you might as well stick to your guns and get the people you want there. Yeah, you know, and still you'll build a big living off of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think in the long run of things, if you're running things the quote unquote right way. Like I think you guys do, you end up growing, you end up being successful. I mean, I know with your gym before you ended up walking away from that, I mean, you guys, you had a lot of members mm-hmm. and people lived and died by Kevin. Mm-hmm. When he left, mm-hmm. a lot of those members, they're there for you. Yeah. It was yeah. me being one of them. When he left, a lot of people left. They didn't, if Kevin wasn't coaching them, they didn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. And I think you guys run your gym very similar. Between yeah. Between you and Cruz. Yeah. We make it a point to know everybody by name. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to grow and people come in, they'll realize how s- small some of the classes are, maybe tops eight to ten people. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, yeah, I like how it's so small and blah, blah, blah. And we always tell them, you know, like, look, we're, we're like trying to grow, but, but we'll never be like, turn them and burn them. They come in and they get a new coach who yeah. doesn't know them. They don't know anything about them. They don't know what they're going through in their life. Like, we want to know everybody by name. And at least be involved like with their development somehow. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately why everybody comes to us Mm -hmm. and comes to a gym like ours too. Yeah. So, yeah. I always enjoyed the smaller classes because to me, it's like you get more attention from, from the person instructing you. Yeah. And that's one thing you and Cruz are both always really good at is you're making sure everybody gets a little piece of you, you know, that they need. Yeah. And that was always something I loved. Yeah. And especially being new at something. It's nice to have somebody who knows what they're doing to help you out. And I, and like, say, for instance, you go to a big gym just to work out regular. There's so many people there. Yeah, they got people walking around that gym. They can't help everybody. There's yeah. too, too many people. Yeah. But you get a smaller setting. Yeah. It's, you get the attention. Which Plus, you get great. everybody in class, too. Like, the veterans who've been there for a yeah. while. They'll jump in and help out if you need them, too. And, mm-hmm. and that's good for them, too. I think a lot of people don't realize, like, oh, I got help like the new guy out, but they don't realize that that helps them learn because it solidifies 
the technique that they know because now they have to materialize it, show it, demonstrate it, and talk about it. And that's just a whole other level of learning. And it just helps you even more. I remember with like we'd get someone new would come in when I was doing jujitsu there. And I'd been there a year and a half or so. The crew would say, hey, Jake, walk walk him through the, you know, all the different maneuvers, the, you know, mount, uh, back mount, top mount, side mount, all the stuff. And just by doing that, like, I'd get to a position like, oh, yeah, okay, that's how you do this. Mm Because I'm explaining it out Mm -hmm. loud. It was cool. And it was, it's really cool how you guys have the faith in people to to help. Yeah. That's, that's really, and he was kind of. He did the same thing at his CrossFit gym. Once somebody knew what they were doing, he'd yeah. like, hey, why don't you help this person? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Do you ever think about opening back up? Um, maybe after I finish my physics degree. Yeah. Um, a little busy right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be done with that in like a year. And I actually, I just stopped coaching this year. I was still coaching for a friend's gym. Um, went to high school with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I might do some, maybe some more of that in the future. I don't know. Yeah. Open my own gym, probably not, because, you know, with that degree, I don't know where I'm going with that yeah. necessarily. So, um, but I think as a hobby, it's will be fun yeah. to train friends yeah. and everything like that, because I've got a gym in my house. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, that'd be fun. But no one really ever wants to come work out with me. You'd rather go pay a membership, which I get too. Yeah. Because um, I invite people all the time. Hey, come work out. And you're like, nope. For every nope. 10, you'll get one. Yeah. <laughs> And then for everyone that shows up, how many are going to stay? Not very many. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw that at the pit. People come in and they last yep. a couple weeks yeah. sometimes and then you never see them again. It's kind of, It all just comes down to like, why do they want to be there? Mm-hmm. Like you, all the women that start with me, they all stay mm-hmm. because they realize like a sport like this is attainable for a female at all levels. If they, even if they just want to work out and kickbox and mm-hmm. have fun. Or if they want to go a little bit higher level and, and actually achieve a belt, possibly compete. So if someone just wants to be there because they're just looking for something to like, they just want to work out, but they don't really want that true sense of community, they probably won't stay mm-hmm. most of the time. But um, but yeah, I've gotten, I've grown a pretty good group of women that start working with me one-on-one now. So mm-hmm. trying to build my army. <laughs> yeah. 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 You did, did you guys lose very many people with the whole COVID thing? Um, a handful. Yeah. A handful. Yeah. We didn't get very many stick around for the Zoom training. It's just not the same. Yeah. Some of them did. They We let people borrow our, our bags, mm-hmm. the stand-up bags, and we gave away some mats for them to use. Um, it's just different. Some people just don't can't learn that way yeah. over a screen, and it's not the same. It's It'd be hard for me. I know my son, he, he was doing it yeah. through that. Yeah. He did all right, I guess, but it is, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. Yeah. We had some people come back too. And honestly, I think after everything opened back up, um, we're in a better position than we were before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, we're actually moving our gym in March. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I know Cruz kind of talked a little bit about that. Yeah. Now. Well, it's official now. Yeah. And um, so we signed a new lease for March. It's a little over a little under like two to three times the size. So we're in 1200 square feet now and it'll be about 3000 square feet. That's good. You guys need Yeah, You need the space. Yep. We can only get about like five groups wrestling at one time tops. Yeah. Tops. Yeah. There was a couple times where it got tight. Yep. In there. Yeah. It turned into a crazy orgy. (laughs) Me and Jake rolling around in my hands on someone else's car. Oh, hey. Hey, bro. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. 
Are, are you guys worried at all about like with the second, third wave of all this crap that you're going to have to shut down again or? No, because we won't. Yeah. Do you keep it going this time? Yeah, we won't. Um, we decided that like once the phases started happening and mm-hmm. we were able to be back and we told everybody, we're like, we don't know if like we get shut down again, we're not going to close. You guys are welcome to come back. But if there's any repercussions, like if people get fined or anything, yeah. we don't know how it'll affect you, yeah. but we're going to stay open. Well, so. yeah. That's the thing right now is nobody knows what the hell's happening. No. Well, I mean, unfortunately, what phase are we in? I have yeah, no idea. Unfortunately, <laughs> everybody's going to get it. You know, so might as well do what Texas is doing. Texas is just fucking free range right now. That's do what the fuck you want to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, and because they're saying you get it again, like my 92 year old step grandma has it for the second time, you know, but it doesn't fuck with her. You know, she's in a nursing home with dementia, so that's the last of these of her problems. Wow. Through. But that's res- pretty resilient, dude. Nah, she doesn't give a fuck about COVID. I want to live my life. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, when it comes to people closing their businesses i think it should be people's choice it really should and if this thing is as bad as it's made out to be i still think it should be people's choice if they want to go out and live their life or not i mean and then the people who are higher risk they yeah they should take more precautions yeah and yeah. if you are with anybody that's high risk yeah don't be an asshole and take yeah. precautions um but i think it should be people's choice yeah. I really do it. I'm one of those people I have faith in people. Yeah. I do. I give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes that's not a good thing. Yeah. But I think people can make the right choice. Oh, we had, when we first shut down, uh, we had the Garden City police, like, he's going by, like, all the businesses, like, basically telling them, like, you got to shut down, like, today. And he was, like, heartbroken. He, like, rolled up by the gym. We were packing up to bring stuff home because we were going to run class out of the house. And he's like, Man, I'm sorry. Like, this is not something I ever wanted to do. Like, when I chose this as my career, is yeah. like shutting down small businesses. Yeah. And so that just racked a lot of people. I know we're fortunate enough to be able to keep it going. <laughs> yeah. But some, not some everybody people, was. There's some businesses mm-hmm. that even still, they don't even know it probably. They're not going to survive this. Yeah. And that's just sad. Yeah. And it's, they, they didn't do anything wrong. I mean, people are trying to run their business and live a good life and, then they're told it has to shut down and they can't do anything about it. I mean, yeah. that's, it's just so crazy to me. I, I don't know. I, the whole thing is crazy. Nobody knows what's going on. And it's, and now the cases are going back up. I know. Like, Here we happen. are at the end of 2020. Everybody thought we'd be back to normal by August. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's, I think a lot of it comes down to leadership of our country. I really do. Um, we don't get super political on here usually, but I just think, some people love Trump. Some people hate him. But I, I just, when it comes to leadership, you, you should make people, you're, the people you're leading, make them feel comfortable. And I don't see that guy doing that. And that's a little scary sometimes. Nobody really feels comfortable right now. No. I mean, even. We're like, all just hanging on to our hats and hoping for the best. <laughs> as much as as much as people hated George Bush, a lot of people hated him. I, I think back to like 9-11, he made people feel comfort. And like now he's looking pretty damn good, I think. <laughs> But I don't know. It's I think it comes down to leadership, and that's what anything in life. Leadership's important. Good leadership. Yeah. And I'm, and that's not just. I'm not saying just the president. Just but you don't learn that in politics. Leadership in general with all politics right now is. Well, look at these crazy. these fuckers, dude. They they're usually come up well to do. Some not long well to do. Straight out of fucking college with their political degrees mm-hmm. or MBAs, which is bullshit. Fucking masters. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. <laughs> um, 
and right into politics. Like, they don't have real life experience. When were they a leader of shit? Yeah. Other than, you know, I guess maybe running campaigns. I'll talk about where things were serious. That's not fucking serious to me. Maybe in a a first world country, yeah. But that's not in a dire position where you actually have to tend to fucking lead people. That's just, it's still trivial. So that's why the last great leaders came out of struggle. You know, look at fucking Roosevelt, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a hard motherfucker. You know, a lot of those old, old presidents were because of the harder times. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them had been in the shit. World War One, World War Two, right? Well, they, they lived a life before yeah. they got in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they were doing a, it's called, it was civil service to them, <clears> right? <throat> they made their money building a, a business up the right way. Some of them had plantations, too. I'm not saying that's fucking right. But, <laughs> um, um, and then they would devote their time to helping people as a sacrifice they made. Now it's not a sacrifice. It's what can I gain from this? Because it, you know, personally, yeah. you know, it's like, cool. You're just, you're like everybody else. You but know? I think that's ex- yeah. experience. Like for instance, say martial arts, I wouldn't want somebody teaching me martial arts that hasn't experienced martial arts. Mm-hmm. Fuck no. You want, what? you want somebody yeah. like Cruz or yourself that you've been in it. You've been through this struggle you, and you know how to teach it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, and you guys are leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the thing for the documentary McDojo, McDojo Life? No. no oh, no, my God. No. Okay, I'll have to share with you guys the their yeah. Instagram. Yeah, they're basically out to, like, expose, like, fake martial arts oh, and so McDojos. I've, I've seen, I know what McDojo Life is. Yeah, they're making a documentary. That's awesome. Because <laughs> there, there's a lot of fake martial arts out there. <laughs> I was actually just having this conversation with another guy at work I was training. <laughs> and he grew up doing, what did he say? I don't remember. It was some kind of karate. That is a legit karate. I think it was a Kyokushin karate or something like that. And, but he, he had said something about how he doesn't like grappling. He doesn't think it's practical or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> Hold <laughs> like, on. That's the most <laughs> practical martial arts. You go is. to the ground, sir. I mean, Steven Seagal's pretty legit. Oh, dude. But <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started. I like how, I like how <laughs> in that show where he was a cop, like, he like show guys his sweet fucking skills. <laughs> they were already essentially being detained. They were like had their hands behind their back. He's like, oh, watch this. Like, like grabs your finger. Like, like you're not actually gonna fight somebody. It's working because he's already submitted. You know, like yeah, you can grab anyone in a fucking under a big toe and hurt him and cause him to wince and move. Yeah, you know that motherfucker. Then I, just, I love <laughs> I love this I love the scene that Andy Stump showed like on one of his with like Brian Callen. Yeah. And all the cops have their fucking guns in their holsters, and they're going to find this guy. And Steven Seagal is the only motherfucker that has his gun out, and he has it up above his head, like cocked sideways. <laughs> like, what's he going to do with that, dude? Like, you know. But well, then he'll like train people. He says he's like a master weapons like instructor. Yeah, you know. But he's holding his gun sideways. Dude, he's he's an Aikido master. You watch out. <laughs> no, I think you would know better than me. There's a lot of fake martial arts out there that are not practical. Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't know a lot about, like, other martial arts. Like, we get a lot of people that come through the gym, and everybody starts back at White Belt mm-hmm. for Kempo. Um, Jiu-Jitsu, it kind of depends. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, at, with Kempo, if someone has previous striking martial arts or they're black belt in Taekwondo when they're 16 years old or whatever, yeah. like, they, everybody has to start back at square one. And you get a lot of people who, like, basically try to, like, try to get us to start them at the belt that they were already at in this other martial arts. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, this is completely different, right? Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of people who come like, yeah, I was a black belt and this and that. And to be honest, I don't, I don't know much about other traditional martial arts. I just know what I know. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know if I'm like the best for that, but yes, there are. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like a lot. I'd say yeah. if you took somebody who's been practicing Aikido their whole life and they wanted to fight you, you would double leg them in two seconds <laughs> and take them down and drown them on the ground. Yeah. Like yeah. there's, there's think, practical martial arts and there's impractical martial arts. I think arts. the impractical ones are kind of like the revolutionary war. Like he was just line up. And these big fucking ranks and just shoot at each other. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make when you can just double like, take down somebody. Like guerrilla fucking warfare, dude. Like get them from behind. I don't give a fuck. You got to kill the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's why I like jujitsu or like sambo. You know, or mm-hmm. kickboxing because they're extremely applicable. That's mm-hmm. what you're going to use in and out of competition. Yeah. yeah. And they're always evolving too. Like if if something if somebody comes in and they happen to show us something that you know, counter something that we learn. Okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. Now we learn something new and we change and we yeah. evolve. That's why John started Hawaiian Kempo in the first place. There's just a lot in traditional Kaju Kembo that just, I mean, chambering your hands down at your waist, like that's not going to save you in a fight exactly. at all. So just lots of stuff mm-hmm. throw out and change. And Well, I remember when I was, yeah. I was going on a trip to uh, Vegas and I know some gyms, martial arts gyms, they don't want you going to other martial arts gyms. They have all these Yeah, rules. loyalty sometimes is... And I ugh. I had asked Cruz. I was like, hey, if I'm going, there's a jiu-jitsu gym in, in, I think I was going to Vegas or San Diego, one of my trips. And I was like, hey, I think I want to try to... And he's like, do it. Yeah. He's like, maybe you're going to learn something there you can bring back and show me. Yeah. And yeah. then I can show everybody else. And I'm yeah. like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. And because I, I had told him, I said, I know some people don't like people going. He's like, no. He's like, that's... That's stupid. Yeah. He said, why wouldn't I want you to go? He's like, there's people out there that know things I don't know. And maybe they'll show you. Yeah. Well, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and just traditional BJJ schools, like, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you will get, like, exiled if you ever train somewhere else. Yeah. Like, in certain systems. And they just, it's just very traditional yeah. BJJ and they don't like that. But we're, we don't care. I, don't know, I, <laughs> I just don't see, like, talk about practicality. That's not practical. Why, yeah. Why not go learn a different way to do it? As long as you're coming back to your gym, it's not like you're going to leave them. Yeah. And, and even could, so, like if you find another gym that you just feel more at home at or that suits your style more, you. it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like glad to have you while we had you. And, you know, we'll always be here if you want to come back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to start taking Aikido. Leave the next Stevenson at all. Dude, my, my, when I went to cyber school, I met this guy down there. He's passed away now. Um, he was awesome. He was like this Korean kid. He looked Korean as fuck, but he was like 6'2", and he had a southern accent. So it looked weird. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Hello. And his dad was like, he was an MP, I think, and his dad was, and uh, he was still in, I think, or he just retired. But he that he would go around to the army and teach him that. And so the first time I meet him, he was super outgoing, we were like in Alabama. And he's like, hey, man, give me your hand. He just fucking like breaks my goddamn finger. <laughs> And it was so, I'm so really polite sometimes with people. I'm like, oh, man, that's so cool. Like, all right, man. Like, <laughs> like, for one, like, you're in your late 50s, and I could just beat the shit out of you. <laughs> but I just was so nice. I kept on letting him do it. I think the fourth time, I think, his son was like, all right, dude, like, let us fucking hand go. Like, yeah. He's just like, oh, let, me, let me see your ear, bro. Like, <laughs> I think you get, like, those people from older generations. They grew up on, like, the martial arts magazines and stuff yeah. like that. And they think that some of that stuff is real. That stuff they saw in movies, too, like Steven Seagal or any of those popular martial arts actors in, like, the 80s and 90s. Some of those fight scenes are just... It's 
not right. Yeah, well, that's, so that's <laughs> something like since I started doing jujitsu, when I'm watching a movie and any jujitsu happens, <laughs> that's fucking bullshit. I noticed that never work. I but like, you're under hook, man. Like <laughs> for instance, John Wick, Keanu Reeves trained some jujitsu. You oh. can tell he knew what he was doing. He was throwing triangles and stuff. It was cool. And I, my wife gives me shit all the time because as soon as I see see like real <laughs> jujitsu in a show or a movie, I'm like, yes, hey, look, that's look. real. Well, they do they do a job at the choreography of getting jujitsu to look really cool and yeah. flashly, flat more than it is. Yeah. So it's I think it's really good for publicity mm-hmm. as well as the tearing tactical. That's where he goes and shoots mm-hmm. for the shooting. He makes it look a little bit more flashy than it really is. But it gets people interested. Yeah. You know well, I mean? That's also the same when it comes to like military movies. Kevin has ruined military oh, movies. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, ruined like I can't watch those movies with like, you anymore. I used, to, <laughs> I used to like The Hurt Locker. Until oh, Kevin. That was a good movie. No, I'm uh, not going to watch it with un- you. Until he, he breaks everything down, tells you how fake everything is, and that guy's wearing the patch on the wrong like, spot. Well, that, that was a staple because that was such a popular movie with people. And with veterans, it's like the worst movie ever made. Yep. Yeah. So it's the polar opposite made that so like famous in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, some EOD dude isn't fucking rolling around, <laughs> out of the wire, drinking, just like <laughs> the, that. that Fucking car. That's when got. That's when I think turning the movie off. Is when that car is going past the fucking checkpoint. When they pull the pistol out on him. Yeah. Like, oh, don't mind the infantry guys sitting there. That squad of infantry guys at the checkpoint who would have lit his fucking ass up with the light. Right. <laughs> they didn't do anything, and this guy with the pistol just stops the car. Like, no, dude. Those dudes are fucking infantry. They they want to kill people yeah. for fun. They won't find an excuse. And I, that's why I turned it off. I was like, fuck this. Movie. But I mean, even you with with some movies, you still can find entertainment value. Like. That oh, yeah. extraction with the guy who plays Thor. Oh, yeah. That one that is like, fun. That one's a fun movie. It's not right. realistic, but you still enjoyed it. Right. And like, same with me. I could still enjoy like a martial arts movie. It's, they're fun. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure even a really well world-renowned martial artist could probably still enjoy a movie for the entertainment. I don't know if I could enjoy the new Nicolas Cage jiu-jitsu Oh, movie. I've heard. I've heard. Oh, that, seen that it trailer. You ever heard of that? No. It has nothing to do with jiu-jitsu. It's literally... <laughs> Is jujitsu, and apparently it's, so it's dog shit. Which, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch the shit out of it. I think I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> we have Why to. not? Yeah, yeah. That's I don't know. There's, but like I was saying, that like you get the older generation that grew up on the martial arts magazines and the movies and stuff, and they think like, like they talk about. Oh, I I know pressure points. That gets like, come on, really? <laughs> the thing that's, that gets me the most is like, okay, I think self-defense seminars for women are great. Mm-hmm. They're well-intended. However, if you get some female with literally no martial arts experience, probably not super self-confident mm-hmm. in general, and that's why they're there, you teach them arm bars and triangles for like two hours, and yep. then there you go. You did a self-defense seminar. Like, that's not going to help them. No. To me... Like I said, it's well-intended. However, you're just going to give them false sense of confidence, and they're going to not remember that in a time of panic. Mm-hmm. You have to train all of those things, like, consistently every week. Mm-hmm. And, and under stress. And under stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure Cruz has smothered your mouth when you he wrestle. Sure <laughs> so, it's stuff like that that I think is that totally misses. It's a huge miss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, That always gets me. I think that's yeah. the same with... Whether it's uh, altercation hand to hand, or even like what you've experienced military, you learn to handle it, handle it in a stressful environment. Mm-hmm. And when it really happens, you've been under the stress, even mm-hmm. if it's simulated stress on a mat in a gym, 
like you said, when Cruz covers your nose and mouth with his hand, yeah. and all of your limbs are pinned down, you can't take his hand off your and mouth. And you tap, and he's like, nope. Yep. And it's funny, because I remember, I would see him do that to people, and he didn't do it to me for a while. You're like, and what's this asshole doing? When I would see him do it, I'm like, oh, man. So the time he did it to me, the first time, I panicked. Real, I think I panicked every time he's done it, but uh-huh. I panicked really bad. And after we were done, he's like, he said something, something about the fact, like, how if he's doing that to you, it means he likes you, you know, like, <laughs> like right. you know, and, and <laughs> I cool would, now. and then he would, he'd tell me, I forgot who I was rolling with, I was rolling with somebody and Cruz looks over at me and he gives me the motion, like, do it, do it. So I, I did it to him and sure enough, panic. Yeah. And it does make you panic. But I mm-hmm. think after that, you learn how to calm down and deal with the panic and the stress. Yeah. And then if something happens to you in the real world, you've dealt with working under stress. Cause me, yeah. and Ke- me and Kevin have had this conversation about, I think we talked about this on the last episode, but like home defense stuff. If someone were breaking your house and Kevin told me, you know, most people have this big plan, this grand plan. Mm-hmm. When it happens, you're going to freak out and you're going to freeze. Oh yeah. Out the window. Unless you train, you train to be under stress and take care yeah. of business under stress. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, I've learned it in just jujitsu. Yep. It's like when I did my one tournament, I was under stress. I didn't freak out and it was part of it. You yeah. Know, I wasn't freaking out. So I think that's a, and that's anything in life. Stress is good for you, I think. Yeah. Not all the time, but it's good to learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Well, we're in the participation award era. So we're trying to kind of <laughs> not do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and part of that social media, I think, makes it worse. Like, there's that video on Instagram I saw recently of, like, a wrestling tournament, right? There's these two kids wrestling. One's all in, like, you know, he's got a, a singlet on, wrestling shoes. The other kid's, like, in Skechers. Mm-hmm. And the kid picks him up and just fucking body slams I've him. Seen that. And they're, like, five, six years old. And he just starts bawling. And, like, his head slaps the ground. So, that immediately, you know, your brain empathizes with that. Like, I don't want a kid doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, mm-hmm. versus just going there and living it, right? Do you see it itself? Um Instagram or Facebook, and I think you may have a tendency to like, I don't want them doing that. Yeah. And so then when are they going to compete? When are they going to struggle? Oh, when they move out of your house, that's not a good time to learn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, that's, um, yeah. That's the biggest reason we put our oldest son at your gym. Yep. Was so it would give him something hard to do and something to accomplish and learn how to deal with being under stress, which he, he ended up getting better at dealing with the stress. Mm-hmm. You know, you were his mm-hmm. coach. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in the beginning, no, he thrived. He he thrived. In the beginning, it was I. It was funny because just from me sitting on the outside watching it, the kickboxing portion because he wasn't going against another human being yet. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, he's hitting the bag. He's tired, but he's going. Yeah, but his first jujitsu class where he, you're rolling with somebody else, man, he was so mad, and he, there was a time where he got mad, you know. And that was another thing I really respected about you and Cruz was how you would pull the kids aside and say like. It's okay to be frustrated. Yeah. But, but it's not okay to be mad. Yeah. There's always a conversation <clears throat> yeah. with the kids. Well, that was, that. Yeah. That was amazing to see. And he, I saw it with multiple kids who would get kind of pissed off. You guys would just pull them aside and tell them, like, it's okay to feel that frustration. But it's not okay to get mad like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cruz is really good with those kinds of pep talks. Mm-hmm. He's, he has a very good way with words. He's and just, use lo- uses logic. Because kids understand logic. People don't think kids are as smart as they are. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of cast them off, like, oh, they're just a kid. Oh, they're just a kid. Yeah. And no, they they truly do understand. Yeah. No, yeah speak to them like an adult. We've been filtered through all of our ego and our bullshit. They haven't yet. So yeah. it's like, yeah, my daughter's seven. She says some pretty, 
like deep shit. I'm like, God, You're like, whoa. Damn, I don't got to think about this. <laughs> yeah. How do I respond to what you just asked in a way that's not blowing you off and not put blowing smoke up your ass either? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, you know, yeah. So. Or when your your own child like will call you out on something and they're right. God, that hurts your heart. <laughs> it sucks. Your heart just falls out your ass. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah. no. And you're like, wait, what, what do I do here? Do I scold them for talking back or shit, they're right? Do I tell them they were right? <laughs> and yeah. that, that happens with my six-year-old all the time. <laughs> Did you, you say, of, Dad? Oh, yeah. You're like, um, yeah. He'll call yeah, you out on right, bullshit. <laughs> but you, you said Cruz, pep talks. That's one thing that man is very good at. Oh, yeah. I remember my jiu-jitsu tournament. Oh, my God. He looks into your soul, dude. Yes, he does. <laughs> and like, I had never competed in anything my whole life. I didn't play sports in high school. I just, it was mm-hmm. awesome. And doing jiu-jitsu... I finally decided that I want to do this. I want to try at least to compete one time just to get the experience. I'm so, I'm really glad I did. Yeah. Didn't go the way I wanted to, all that stuff. Then maybe one day I'll do it again. But when I was getting ready to go out on the mat, Cruz like pulled me aside. And at first when he started talking to me, I was thinking, oh, this is cheesy. No, come on. (laughs) And then he says, Jake, look in my fucking eyes. And I look at him and the little speech he gave me fired me up. I was ready to like go take on everybody in that building. Yeah. And I don't even remember exactly what he said to me, but I remember like I've never felt like I felt mm-hmm. like I was about to go to battle mm-hmm. and he fired me up and I I had seen him do that with other people as well. Yeah. He knows how to fire somebody up and I'm sure he's had people do that to him. Yeah. He's lived that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. he's he was a fighter for how many years? A long time. Long time. Yeah. Thirty one pro fights. Yeah. I'm sure there's some that yeah. were not like documented. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean <laughs> I've never had someone, like you said, he looks into your soul. And yes. It was the, it's, you can't even explain it. I don't yeah. think you can explain how that was, but the way I felt when he was doing that, I, I yeah. felt like I could take on anybody that got in my way. It was, it was yeah. cool. It was really cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a miss in a lot of coaches. <clears throat> I feel mm-hmm. you have to be able to connect with them and it's different for everybody. So it's, you have one student who may learn in that way mm-hmm. where you basically, if you're talking shit to them, and that fires them up or other ways you have to lift them up by, you know, more aspirational types of talks. Yeah. So you have to be able to like change gears mm-hmm. to whoever, you, whichever kid you're talking to, even adults too. But yeah, it, coaching is difficult. I think, I don't think people realize like at the tournaments specifically, like mm-hmm. coaches work 10 times harder than the athletes. Yeah. There's one of you and you're focusing on you and that's <clears throat> it. And your coach is focusing on you your teammate, mm-hmm. the bracket times, everybody else. Are you where you need to be when you yeah. need to be? And it's just exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's uh, yeah. I, that tournament I did, I realized how much he was it's doing. a lot of running day. around, especially when there's just <clears throat> one coach. Cause for me, yeah. I'm competing too. Mm-hmm. And it's just us two running things. So yeah. And yeah. He was, I think the tournament I did, there was five or six of us. From the pit. Yeah, there. there's usually a good handful. And mm-hmm. so he's jumping mat to mat and trying to make yep, sure everybody's yep, there on yep. time. And it was cool. It was yeah. cool to see. And it was cool to experience yeah. that. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. And I think, like like you said, that that's missing in coaching. And also, Cruz is also one of those people who call you out on your bullshit. Oh, he calls me out. <laughs> I don't get a pass just because <clears throat> we're together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that, that's, that's good for for people to be called out on their bullshit. Like I was talking about the kids doing it mm-hmm. as much as it makes you feel like a piece of shit. I mean, my wife is amazing at that. She will call me out. <laughs> she really will. And that's something I respect about her. Yeah. At the time when it happens, I don't like it because nobody likes feeling. No one likes to be put in their place. And nobody <laughs> likes being awakened to the fact that they were doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, like Cruz has called me out and on the mat in the in the gym. Hurts your heart a little bit. It hurts bad. And but then after he makes you feel like a piece of shit for what you did because you should, <laughs> then he sits you down and talks to you and tells you why and what happened. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. I think we talked about this when he was on here, but there was a new kid at the gym who I wrestled who I wouldn't be too hard on. I wasn't trying to. It was not intentional. I wasn't, didn't have, like, ill intentions. Mm-hmm. But I went too hard on him. And Cruz punished me bad because I rolled with him next. And then he, after class, you're like, what I do wrong? Oh, I, <laughs> I was looking over at, I was looking over at Colt. I'm like, what the fuck did I do? Because <laughs> Cruz was choking me out. Like, made me tap, choke me out again, made me tap. Cho- and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he said, I just made you feel like he probably felt with you. Yeah. And... Then I felt like an asshole. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I fucking hate bullies. I wasn't trying to be a bully. Yeah. And he says, I know you weren't. You didn't have your intentions. Yeah. But now you do know. That, yeah. And yeah, I felt like a piece of shit. But <laughs> I became better because of that. Just that little interaction. Yeah. It made yeah. me more aware, which yeah. is good. Um. So you got sponsored recently. I see your. Oh. Let's talk about. It. Okay, I see I'm not sponsored. Well, okay, you're. But yes, I'm wearing my Top Mount Apparel yes, beanie. Yes, and pants at Top Mount Apparel on Instagram <laughs> at Top Mount Apparel. Well, I'm going I'm I'm to tag them on this <laughs> You can, yeah. Those are a great bunch of dudes. I hope to meet them in person someday. But so how did how did that happen? Honestly, I just I've been following them for a little while, and as you know, like I'm just trying to grow what I'm doing with mm-hmm. martial arts with women, and I. I watch what they do and what they stand for and, and their whole mission is regardless. Like, what are you going to do regardless, regardless of what comes up, what excuses you might have? Like, are you going to achieve what you want to or not? Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me. Um, cause what I was talking about earlier, it's like, okay, you want to do something, then you make it a priority no matter what mm-hmm. priorities can shift and things like that. But if you want something, you'll make it happen. Um, so I just, I just hit them up. I told them what I was trying to do with martial arts and where I'm headed and going for my black belt next year and, um, what I'm trying to grow locally and nationally if I could. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to work with somebody who kind of is on the same level. Like I didn't go out there like, Hey, you want to sponsor me? Like I'll make you a shitload of money. You yeah. know, that's just like the wrong way to go about that. Um, so I'm, I'm not technically sponsored. I'm an, uh, ambassador. Okay. So, um, there are perks i guess that come with that like they'll feature me and and we'll partner together on things but um basically they're just gonna help me kind of elevate what i do with mm-hmm. women in martial arts so yeah i partnered with them so i'm super excited that's super cool yeah excited. i've seen yeah. you post a few things yeah on social media i thought that was really cool yeah they sell a ton of cool gear they have some <laughs> some funny shirts i have one that i thought you guys would like um it's got like an ear mm-hmm. and in the middle it's got like a couple of dudes doing jujitsu and then on the other side it's got uh an equal sign and then it's got cauliflower ear <laughs> oh, that's cool <laughs> so they have some fun stuff like that but um didn't one of their like somebody they sponsored win a fight yesterday oh miranda maverick yeah yes yeah. so she's been a sponsored athlete of theirs for a long time like since the beginning okay and she made her ufc debut this weekend and she won the elbow she yeah threw. tko have you, seen, have you seen that yet no oh man this girl threw this elbow like up the middle and just split this girl's face yeah. open. Ref stopped it because she was bleeding too bad. <clears throat> yeah. So she won. Now, yeah. I, I, haven't even, I didn't even watch the fights yesterday, but I watched some highlights and that was one of them. I'm like, wait a minute. I think that's that girl that sponsored yeah. mine. So I looked yeah. at yeah. 
Yeah. That's cool. She's top mountain. She's super cool. Yeah. Um, she's super involved with all her fans too. Like mm-hmm. she messaged me back one day and I was like, Oh my God. Isn't that a cool feeling? I talked to someone in the UFC. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> cool when you reach out to somebody who's quote unquote a celebrity or whatever on like Instagram and mm-hmm. they, they hit you back, mm-hmm. which most fighters are like that. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Yeah. So since we started this, I've reached out to a few people for a few things mm-hmm. to people. If they see the message, which sometimes they don't, there are too many people. Mm-hmm. Message, yeah. But they'll hit you back. Yeah. They'll which, give you the time, which is really cool. That's, yeah. And like, if I was ever a celebrity or anything, I would want to do that for people. So that's cool that they, yeah. that they make time. To yeah. Super personable, time. super personable, especially for people who've like been with them since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So like top mount has been with Miranda Maverick for her entire career. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, it's cool just to see them continuing to get back, um, yeah. to their fans and things like that. So that is cool. Yeah. yeah. We, I, I shot a message out. He's a guy who fights for Bellator named Steve Mowry. Uh-huh. He's a heavyweight. He's undefeated right now. So back when I used to drive Uber, I used to do that on the uh-huh. weekends. And when Bellator was in town. Oh, did you drive for him? Yeah. I, so I, I picked him up from his hotel and I was taking him to Winco to get Pedialyte because <laughs> he had just done a weight uh-huh. cut. And we were, he, when I saw him, you can usually tell a fighter, you know, and he's also, he's like six foot eight. He's huge, but he looked like a fighter and I knew Bellator was in town. Yeah. And he had said, yeah, I'm going to get Pedialyte. So I kind of put two and two together. Like, like I know you are. And I was like, <laughs> I asked him, I'm like, you, you fight? He's like, yeah, I fight tomorrow night. Blah, blah, blah. And we talked and I actually, I had just started jujitsu at the time. Oh, cool. and of course I had to tell him that I just started jujitsu. Yeah. I'm training now, man. Yeah. yeah. I try training. Okay, no big deal. But, uh, <laughs> So and he was really nice, cool. So anyways, we started this thing, and I followed him. I started following him on Instagram after after I met him. And so I just sent him a message. And I was like, "Hey, if you ever want to come on the podcast," and he messaged me right back. And and he said, "Yeah, I'm down." And he's like, "Because he, I think he lives in like Florida or something." Mm-hmm. So we got to figure out how to do like a video call or something like that to get it on the podcast, yeah. probably. But it'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, I can help you. I know of um uh thing online that you can use to like dial into audio and it just records right to your computer. You're going to have to tell me how to do that. I will. We're, we're like learning all of this as we go. Yeah. It's been just like everything. Oh, it's <laughs> this is with this podcast, like the, the audio editing and then like I, I started the social media. I don't know how to run a social media page. I've just never, post stuff. <laughs> I've never, I've had my own social media, but I've never tried to like promote stuff. And yeah. So I'm like, Learning as Feels I go, weird. it's it's weird. And our most popular thing we've done was a video of Kevin last weekend on a because on a <laughs> <I saw> <laughs> you know that video that went viral, like Fleetwood Mac. Who? <laughs> yep, yep. And that's been like the most popular video we've posted. So I guess apparently we just need to post Kevin more. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's interesting. And I mean, you you run the pit social media, I think, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know what it what yeah. it's like. It's yep a weird world to navigate and try and. It's weird, like pimping yourself out. Yeah. Like, hey, come train with me. Yeah, which, I try not to do that. I don't. I want to sell by <clears throat> like people just resonating with what I say. Because yeah. then all the other stuff will come after it. I don't want to be like, hey, buy my mm-hmm. shit. Hey, buy my shit. Yeah. Um, if they like look up to you and they like what you're doing and what you stand for, then they'll they'll follow. Yeah. 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 Fuck all that other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna get? so many followers with, with all of our millions of listeners you don't even know hey don't talk <laughs> shit about yourself jake I wasn't. pyramids weren't built in a day uh, sir no, we I started sh- our gym here in a single car garage true and the wrestling mat like tacoed up on to the walls it just mm-hmm. went f- we bought a piece of maybe it was capital high 
their old wrestling mat that they were no longer using. It was beat shit. Mm-hmm. But we started that, had some buddies come, moved to our other house, two-car garage. We were able to invest a little bit more. Um, I mean, we had done this before. Well, Cruz had done this before, so he had some experience on, like, building gyms, and he had, you know, the experience. Yeah. So people were still willing to come and train at our house. But, I mean, that's how it starts from yeah. small. Too many people, like, limit themselves because, ah, oh, like, it's just too much work or they just don't know where to start. But, like, that's exactly you just start. Yeah. And then little by little, it'll pick up momentum. So well, that's something, like, Kevin's been really helpful with with the podcast because he has ran a business before. Uh-huh. I never have. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that all works. You don't need an MBA for it. <laughs> you said it was bullshit earlier and I totally agree because I took yeah. a bunch of MBA classes when I got my master's degree yeah. and the people who did the best in those classes were people who had already been out in the real world for a long time and they were in their forties, uh, fifties and they came back to get their MBA yeah. because now yeah. they have real life to apply it to. Yep. So you don't need anything special no. to start. You hear that people just start. Yeah, just don't be a lazy fucker. Yeah. You yeah. have a goal. Yeah. Well, and that's like, you, Kevin, ran a business that was successful, and you never had any training on that that no, I know of. Actually, it was all intuitive, mostly, because <clears throat> I didn't have anyone throwing advice at me. CrossFit gyms around here are kind of competitive. They're not like they're like around Seattle and areas like that, where they're all like cool with each other. A couple of them are like that around here, mm-hmm. actually. Um, so it's not like anyone was just throwing the advice at me. So just like, Except for like Alyssa, because Alyssa mm-hmm. was a general manager of the uh, uh, business. Yeah. Right. So I was like, oh, yeah, here's what you, here's what the documents you have to file to get your business going and all that. Like, that was awesome. She was so helpful. Oh, yeah. You need yeah. someone to help you with that side like, of things. Oh, yeah. You got to pay your quarterlies and stuff. You're you know? like, my what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but when it comes to the rest of it, like, by going straight out of school into like an MBA program without life experience first, you're just going to take all that in without, and you may become reliant on that, like the entitlement of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, no, you got to fucking hustle still, dude. Like, yeah. You got to work your ass yep. off and you have to study every day to become better at what you're doing. You have to be a student as well as being somebody who's educating other people. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be a student until the day you die, essentially. You know, when people are not students, like our politicians, they're relying on past experience. Like, oh, I got a law degree in 1960. Fucking Shit's cool, changed, dude. <laughs> yeah, you have to be a student still. If you're not, you don't matter. Mm-hmm. Like you're just just go retire and enjoy Florida or something. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. Well, it's like doctors are the same. You get like these old school doctors who they go by what they learned back in the seventies, and then you get people who adapt and continue to learn and look at the new science. And, yeah, my doctor right? adapts. He's almost sixty. Mm-hmm. He's on testosterone. He's like. Your testosterone's out of like a fucking sixty-year-old. That mm-hmm. gets you want some shit. <laughs> I started taking it on Monday, and as of like yesterday, I still haven't had directions. I woke up with directions yet. <laughs> I didn't. That's the thing is like I I do like honestly read a lot of literature about things. There's certain things I just don't look for. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was natural. Like oh, as you get older, you just stop waking up with directions and stuff. No, you're still supposed. To, that's still supposed to happen into your into your fifties. He's like, no, it's not happening because you have testosterone deficiency, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, like the last two days, I've been sleeping like seven hours versus ten. Mm-hmm. You're feeling fine. I have to get ten hours yeah. of sleep to feel recovered because oh, of that issue. Much. <laughs> I don't get anything done, right? Yeah. So I'm down like seven right now, already a little over seven, and that's just in a week of taking it. I'm taking clomiphene citrate. It's a fertility drug for women, um, but it. It's like an estrogen blocker. Mm-hmm. So it tells the hypothalamus to like kick up its 
production, you know, to communicate with the pituitary gland and into the fucking gonads or whatever. Um, I gotta read more about that too, because that's <laughs> slightly different, but it is between the hypothalamus and pituitary gland. But that's the deficiency, and it's from blast injuries. You know, yeah. Those, that's yeah. real shit, dude. Just like MMA fighters, football players, same thing. You get mm-hmm. pituitary issues. A lot of damage to the brain. Damage yeah. To the brain. Yeah. And the funny <clears> thing was, none of mine, none of my last injuries were ever me being knocked unconscious. They were being in a vehicle blown up next to someone stepping on a pressure plate, next to RPGs, in going, out going, fucking grenades, whatever. But I didn't realize you could take that much damage from just that without being knocked out. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no, this was also comes from, like, how many years did you play football? It's like six years. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, how many times did you just fucking hit someone with your head to, like, make them feel weak? And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, all the fuck. <laughs> like, I don't know how many times I saw, you know, the blue and yellow colors you see when you hit someone with your head. It's like, yeah, just one of those could fuck you up for, like, a month. Like, mm-hmm. your, your hormones when you were a teenager. It's like, yeah, that was my, because I was very aggressive, that was my way because uh, a defensive player of fucking somebody up. Like, Hit him in the head first with my head, then get around him, stun him. You know, because I was just an angry kid. I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that all adds up. It's like you were, you did that, and then you went and got fucking blown up and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's why your testosterone's low, dude. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so we we'll have our first female guest and start talking about your erections. <laughs> I'm one of the guys. We, we, I'm one of the guys. We're going to have a real conversation. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, yeah, you came here with the gold, not asking interview questions. Here you go. That's a fact. <laughs> no, and I think like with like high school football and stuff, which I didn't play, but I know it's a common thing. Like, oh, I got my bell rung. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. You know, it's almost like a like a respected thing. It's a badge right. of honor. Yeah. <laughs> That's like cauliflower here. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then I think like with science and everything progressing the way it does and especially within like football they realize brain damage and stuff like that i think most athletes fighters or whatever they know what they're getting into yeah you know there's the possibility of getting knocked out but i think back in the day people didn't realize that they were going to have those effects later in life and i mean you you see some say old fighters for instance who they got hit a couple too many times and it's it's sad It's, it's sad to watch yeah once that button gets hit, it's, you're, you don't well, come watch back. Now, like we grew up watching, you know, UFC in early two thousand, like high school, or like yeah. sophomores and juniors, you know. So now I see the Instagram pages of the guys who watch fighting, and I'm like, oh man, like, yeah, what's his? Oh, I forget his fucking name. He was on like the first Ultimate Fighter. Anyway, he's doing like amateur like wrestling now. Yeah. And I'm like, and he like kind of talks slow, and I'm like, oh, man, yeah. Like, it's just, I don't, he's he's happy. Well, I don't know why I feel sad about it. Like this, well, and <laughs> like I said, most of those guys they knew what they were getting into. And they, yeah, they still know. And then there's some guys who they got knocked out a thousand times and they still speak well and they have no issues whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Which is it's crazy the difference when well some of the issues can be different. Like <clears throat> you could say Tim Kennedy has no issues. He's smart, well spoken, mm-hmm. but he he's not the guy that can just sit down and watch a movie. If he sits, I bet you if he stops moving, he gets fucking depressed. Yeah. He, he has mm-hmm. to be doing something. Mentally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 18 hours a day, he's on the fucking go. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he's and, also got the military blast injuries and all that exactly. as well. He's fighting. And that's very common as veterans. <laughs> but like, like you look at somebody like Cruz, for instance, I'm sure he's been hit in the head a few times. He's intelligent. He's well-spoken. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Super smart. It's yeah. scary. Oh, it's, it's funny. <laughs> and I told him this as well, but. Whenever I'm telling somebody about my jujitsu coach, I always like tell me he, he looks like a fighter. He's got cauliflower ears. He's rough. The biggest nerd. nerd. 
the He's biggest <laughs> nerd, and he's super into video games, like fantasy stuff, and and it's it's funny because I think people that don't know the world of fighting, they think they're a bunch of savages. They think people I've met in this in the fight world are always so nice. They're all, not all not always. Yeah. There's gonna be assholes like anywhere, but they're really sweet people, and I think it's mm-hmm. because they've been humbled their yeah. whole life and they've been through the struggle that we were just talking about. But yeah, nice people. Really, really yeah. nice people. Well, video games and fantasy is a way to escape. Yeah. Yep. Like, you know, like Prometheus, Avatar, those movies, it's a way to escape reality. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch a movie about someone fighting or a war movie. Yeah, because yeah. you lived that. Well, that's, that's yeah. Cruz with, with He doesn't like, watch fighting anime. anymore. No, I have no. tried to talk fights with him He's so like, many times. Mm, don't oh. really care, Jake. <laughs> I, I know. And I, I've told him, I'm like, I just want to know what you thought about like this fight because you know the world. And he, he will break it down for me sometimes. Yeah. But most of the time, like, I've been a truck driver. He's like, do you want to sit and talk to people about driving trucks? I'm like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. And so I get it. I get yeah. it. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, Cruz, he's he's smart and well, oh, yeah. well-spoken. Very intelligent. And, yeah. Yeah. Very so intelligent. I, I, think, I think it depends on the person, too, with head injuries. But it's a thing, for sure. And, like you said, you've had a few. Right, yeah. I guess yeah, I hear so. you talk about like last injuries. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I was just pissed the Starbucks line was long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, and, it, and that's nothing that, I don't know. I, I don't give, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. He did, Kevin but, is a very humble person. Yeah. And like, especially when it comes, like, I told him a bunch of times, like, I'm like, I want to tell everybody how much of a badass you are. I really do. He's like, please don't. And exactly. <laughs> I'm just normal. Yeah, exactly. And, he, and he's done things and seen things I can't even. I, I do go on like manic spells though, where I'm like an asshole in a conversation for a while. Like it's very neurotic or narcissistic, maybe. But I would say 98% of the time, I don't like how much I can't find, I can't just fit myself into a single ego. Like I can easily go to a jiu-jitsu gym and be like, hey, cool, let's learn today. Or go to an art class and be like, or go to school with a bunch of fucking 19 year olds have no problem with it. Like, hey, it's cool. Like, whatever. I'm one of the guys. All right. I'm mm-hmm. old here, though. Like, I have no problem fitting in different places because I don't have that part of my ego saying I can't do that. Yeah. But then I do the manic spells where it's just like, it's just like narcissistic rage for like, you know, a couple hours. Like, no, I'm right. Fuck you. I know everything, <laughs> you know. I don't think a lot of guys have that, too. I think maybe, I don't know why, but. Or maybe it's just from head injuries, I don't know. But I think like when it comes to your military career or even someone like Cruz who has a pretty well accomplished life in fighting, he's not gonna sit there and tell everybody about how good a fighter he was ever. No. And mm-hmm. Kevin, like, he's done some cool shit, like that most little kids dream about, oh, I'll be in the army when I grow mm-hmm. up, you know. He's not gonna tell anybody every now and then, like if someone asks him a straight question, yeah, he'll tell them yeah. something happened. But and I, I respect that about people like Cruz or like yeah. like Kevin, who you're humble. There's no reason to brag about what you've just done. And I'm not a person who's like really braggadocious, but I haven't done a bunch of cool shit in my life. So I don't know if, if I would be super humble, you know, don't know until you I think you would. And sometimes it's not even that black and white. <clears throat> like I told you, I experienced one like this summer. It's again, I wasn't prepared. I'm never prepared when it comes to social interactions. And usually when I get in a conversation with someone I don't know, I'm actually trying to get out of it as soon as it starts. Because <laughs> I don't know what to do with mm-hmm. my hands. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. And so, I'm at the super dealership, but the car, car is well changed. And I'm just looking at the new stuff in the lot, so I'm not sitting inside. And the guy comes out there, he's like, oh, man, like, uh, 
Were you military sign tattoos? Like, yeah. I was like, was it cool? You know, I'm in California and we're talking. And uh, he's like, so what's your kill count? <laughs> I'm like, he asked you that. Yeah, that's oh what the, that's the way he said it though, because like he was cop, like Southern California. He's like, what's your kill count? And he's like, in his forties. He's like older than I, way much older than I'm. Like, that's like something right? a child would say to it's just the way he said it. It was yeah. the worst part. Like, what's your kill count? And uh, see, I don't prepare myself how to answer questions with someone I don't know. And so I honestly, just immediately was like, oh, the fucking the red car over there was like. <laughs> I don't know. Was that? You think it's gonna be big enough for like for two kids? I like. I didn't know how to change the subject, and it got really fucking weird. Yeah. And uh, yeah. See, I, you know, sometimes you know how to prepare. Like I say, prepare for life. You know, in combat, fighting, whatever else. But I think preparing for social interactions is probably the hardest part. Yeah. How do you how do you confront confrontation with somebody peacefully as well? Out of nowhere, you're having a great day. You're getting in your car at the park, and then some lady or some guy walks up behind you. Hey, and you're like what? And they start costing you for some unknown reason. You know, maybe you dropped a piece of gum or something. Did you prepare to handle that conflict? Mm-hmm. You know, and peacefully. Like, how do you talk someone down? How do you stay in the middle? How do you not go from like being completely passive to overly aggressive and trying to kill them? You know, how do we find that middle ground with people? I, I think conversation? it comes even with that. I think it comes down to being through stress in your life. Yeah. And knowing how to handle a stressful situation. Because, like, for you, someone who can be socially awkward, you get stressed in that situation. Yeah. But you have been through a lot of stressful shit and gotten through it. So you find a way through it. It's funny talking about him talking about that being awkward with conversation. My wife is the same. Like, if she doesn't know somebody, she's not starting the conversation. <laughs> That's not, and I'm I'm complete opposite. I am mm-hmm. a social butterfly. And the other day, uh, she was watching Kevin's kids for a little bit. And he came to pick them up. And she, she texted me and said, yeah, Kevin's here. He's like, she said, we're just sitting in the bonus room. Kind of awkward. And I said, I said, become his best friend. And she says, it's Kevin, who's socially awkward, and me, who's socially <laughs> awkward. She's like, this is probably not going to go anywhere. And it's funny because they're friends. They get along. Yeah. Right? But they both have this little social awkward tendencies. And I've never experienced that in my life. I, I, w- I will talk to anybody. It's like, anybody. It's, like, it's like sexual tension, but just between common people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, so, uh, are we going to do this? Or, uh? <laughs> well, and, and I don't know. I've, I've seen you, like, come out of your shell sometimes and be social, but some people are just social. And I don't think you're a social awkward person either. Not really. I can be. <clears throat> I think sometimes I'm just too nice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's why you're... I'm pretty easy to talk You're pretty to, much... I think. Yeah, you are. I think that's why you're kind of the face of the pit. I yeah. Know. I mean, you're the one that people <laughs> talk to when they... And you're perfect at it because you're you're outgoing. You're good. You're easy to talk to. Like Tell you said. me more. I, I will. I'll, I'll kiss people's asses all day. But <laughs> I think I think that the, it's important on both sides. Like I think there's value to being a social butterfly and talkative, but there's also value to being awkward, to keeping to yourself and doing your own thing, and not being the same as everybody else. No, the being the same is <clears throat> it's fucking boring. Dude. Yeah, like I I like. Was with Morgan. Like mm-hmm. I liked being around guys from like you know like New York and other places in the military because they were different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we complimented each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if we're all just the same, like the army tries to make you, then you really are just. It's just like it's not. Yeah, you don't feed off each other. The yeah. energy's not there. Yeah, well, it's good to meet people that are just different than you because it gives you a different perspective on the way they see the world. And I, I saw that like with the gym, that the pit. 
it's all different people. In yeah, it. we're a hodgepodge pack of weirdos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when I when I first started getting in there with a bunch of different people, you all come from different walks of life, and you you have different experiences. But then you find, like we've talked about, I think we were talking about Morgan. People can find a common ground somewhere in there, mm-hmm. like with all the craziness in the world right now. Yeah, people can find shit in common. Yeah, and get along. You will become complacent <clears throat> if you just stick with the same. Yeah. The sameness. Yeah. And there's some people that are comfortable being in their little bubble and not being exposed to other things, but I don't think that's healthy. No. And we still got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I noticed, like, I was saying it almost like past tense, but yeah, we still got to do it every day. Like, what can we do to make ourselves uncomfortable yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. You know? That's where you grow. You don't grow by doing the same shit every day. <clears throat> no, it's, it's, uh, like, that's one thing we did talk about. Morgan, we were talking about, like, racism. And we were talking about how we think most racism comes from not being exposed to people different than you. I totally agree. It's yeah. And Morgan, he he was, um, he said he considered himself like an African American guy, except he's not African American. I guess he's from an island off of Florida, off of Venezuela. I don't remember. He said it was by Aruba, and I, I, it's passing my mind where he says from. But anyways, he he looks like a black dude, Mm -hmm. and he's been like his whole life. And he was saying. He's like, I give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, if I go to BFE, Idaho, where it's all white people and always has been, he's like, they're going to treat me a little bit different because they haven't seen me. He mm-hmm. said, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. He said, now there's a difference between that and someone being racist. And he's like, I don't give them the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's what it is. People who aren't exposed to other people and see that, hey, we all have things in common. We all want our family to be happy and, and we all want to be successful and stuff like that. And that's one thing, like in a jiu-jitsu gym or a CrossFit gym or anywhere a bunch of people congregate, mm-hmm. probably even a church, I guess, you see people from different backgrounds and you have things in common. Yeah. Yeah. Have a, have a greater cause <clears throat> to fight for. Exactly. Yeah. Well, think about, I was watching, it's hilarious, like the, the Borat 2 that came out on Amazon. I still need to watch it's that. It's fucking hilarious. There's a part Number of two. Yeah, it's awesome. Ooh. <laughs> it's on Amazon. Um, and... There's a part like at a Trump rally, and there's like a bunch of fucking hillbillies. Like, there's like fucking rednecks there, dude, like hillbillies. And I was like, well, imagine putting them next to like a liberal one, right? And putting them together, they're gonna fucking hate each other mm-hmm. unless there's something and a common goal they have to fight together for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, both of our sides are fucked up, and there's an enemy that we can point out, and now we're standing together for it. Mm-hmm. All right, basic. Basic manipulation, like we did it for every war we've gone into, mm-hmm. right? But say it's like an incoming asteroid or something. We have something that you know that's really going to fuck with us, and that's what we need. There's not enough bad things going on. Mm-hmm. Again, Victor Frankl wrote about this in Man's Search for Meaning after he got out of the Holocaust. He wrote this in the late '40s, and he's like, "Yeah, with more automation in life and things become easier, the more ish- uh, political or sociological issues you'll have, mm-hmm. right?" People are worried about what gender and what fucking sex they are right now because there's not enough going on to put their attention somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They're going to put it towards themselves in a selfish way or in a way that I think is trivial. Like, oh, what should I fucking call you? Him, her, she? I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think you most know? people most people don't think like, oh, they should call me him, her, she, Zims or whatever they are nowadays. Yeah. And the ones that do, they just need to go do fucking, <clears throat> go get a jiu Go go to jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. learn something, you have a goal, and I guarantee you that fucking psychosis will leave your brain. Yeah. Well, it's like a prime example yeah. of going somewhere. And, so Colton, we were talking about him earlier. 
me and Kevin grew up with Colton. We went to junior high, mm-hmm. high school. We never hung out with him. We were two different crowds. Yeah. And we never, I knew who he was. That was it. Never, ever hung out outside of school. Didn't hang out in school. Maybe had a class two together. Then years later, I'm at the gym and I see this guy and I'm thinking, he looks familiar. <laughs> Actually, it was the day you guys were doing uh, photos for people. Oh, yeah. You were doing the, the photo shoots uh-huh. where you put them on the wall. Yeah. And he's in there and he's getting, and I wasn't a member yet. My kids were. But I see him and I'm looking. I know this guy. And he's looking at me the same way. And then I don't think we even talked to each other that time. And we never figured it out. Then later on, we figured, oh, wait, we went to high school. What's up, yeah. man? And then we started rolling together. And we became buddies. I mean, yeah. we were, were in there struggling together. Mm-hmm. And he's a good dude. We, we might not have something in common. I don't know. But I didn't know that before in high school. We never, yep. never mingled whatsoever. Just completely different crowds. Yeah. But it puts everybody in the same perspective. Like mm-hmm. earlier I said, you learn about life like through the lens of martial arts. I mean, you could say that about anything, CrossFit, um, mm-hmm. art, you know, whatever. But yeah. for me, that's just how it's been for me. And everybody's there looking through that same lens. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, all that other bullshit just goes out the window. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's like, like your eyes meet and you give them the head nod. You're like, I see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Like what's your political, you know, political affiliation? Are you rolling with somebody? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And it's never, maybe afterwards you have some discussions, you know, yeah. with people, but you're about to try and choke each other unconscious. <laughs> what else? There's nothing else to talk about right now. Yeah. It's we're going to both try and take each other out. And afterwards I'm going to give you a hug <laughs> and we're going to give a high five and we're going to go on to the next person. And you, yeah, you find common ground there i think yeah yeah i don't know i'm, I'm always like a proponent for jujitsu i'm always telling people they need to yeah do it. well i like to say martial arts is for everybody but not everybody is for martial arts because you do just mm-hmm. get personalities that just won't work yeah that just won't work and it's sad because it truly is for everybody mm-hmm. but you gotta have be in the right headspace and go in there with the right yeah. goals it's different for everybody it's not one goal but Dude, yeah. There's a wide variety of motherfuckers out there, yeah. and it's you can only funnel in so many to, you know, to work what how what you're seeing things. Yeah, yeah. Well, Some people come back too. Like we'll get mm-hmm. people who come in and and they might have been humbled and their ego's a little bit hurt and like shit. I really got my ass kicked. Like that was embarrassing. And mm-hmm. then they just don't come back. And then um, we have people who come back like months, even years later. It's like yeah, I took a class a year ago and. To be honest with you, I didn't come back because I was just really embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, little do they know, like, nobody cares. Everybody starts there. Even mm-hmm. the college athletes come in and you got the housewives or just regular people just, like, chucking along on the mm-hmm. baths, like, kicking their ass. And then they're like, man, like, this lady's beating me? Like, fuck. Yeah. But it's just totally different. Mm-hmm. It's totally different, even for the athlete. That's like it was for me because yeah. I grew up competitive athlete my mm-hmm. whole life i thought it would just be fine i was not fine i couldn't walk down the stairs for a week mm-hmm. couldn't bend my legs <laughs> well I, I was just telling somebody because I, like i said i'm a proponent for it i'm always trying to get people to go and i was telling somebody about it at work i think it was yesterday and i was telling them like when i go to that gym i see fat people i see skinny people i see muscular people i see old young everybody anybody from any walk of life could go in there and try at least and yeah. They're probably going to end up enjoying it. Yeah. And they're probably going to be better off for doing it. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that you guys provide that 
environment. Yeah, you got to get people in the door. <clears throat> Once they're in the door, then the rest is easy. Mm -hmm. Then you just encourage them through the workout. Make sure they know they can go their own speed. Mm -hmm. And then once they realize what it's actually like, we're not just a bunch of meatheads, you know, mm -hmm. scary people. I mean, the name's the pit and you got the pit monster and he's like kind of ghoulish and yeah. a little bit scary and intimidating. But once you realize like, it's not like that. Yeah. It's, it's game over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people always come up with excuses why they never want to start. Like, I want to get in more shape first. I think I'm gonna. I gotta work on my cardio, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna go fucking run. I'm gonna yeah. get really good at running, and then I'll come back to jujitsu. But you know how you get better at jujitsu? You show up to jujitsu. Yeah. So you just have to start. You just have to start. Mm -hmm. And you don't even. You don't have to be an aggressive person to do it either. No, There's... there is the like comfort level of like <clears throat> someone's hands in your face. Yeah, yeah, or some. That's a little weird for a lot of people. Drop yeah. it in your mouth. Yeah, it happens. Things of that nature. You yeah. touch body parts by accident. You're yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. Well, I remember the first time I rolled, I was rolling with a woman. I was so uncomfortable because I didn't want to touch her where I shouldn't touch her. And I'm also like sweaty. You're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to grab your leg here. I'm sorry. Well, like, I, I, I remember thinking, like, I'm this big, fat, sweaty man on top of her. She is probably so uncomfortable right now. Yeah. And then I got comfortable with the fact, like, okay. This can be done, and they're going to get comfortable as well. Yeah. And then, then like, and I, I'd seen some guys who were a little uncomfortable rolling with the opposite sex, because it's not normal. It's weird, but, like, yeah. you have to remember, like, a lot of the reason why women are there. Mm -hmm. It's, like, chances are someone who's going to attack them, they're not going to be probably a female. Yeah. They're not going to be their same size. Yep. They're going to be a man, and they're going to be huge. Yep, that's... Cruz gave this that yeah. speech. We were in there one day. There was one girl that came. She was fairly new, and it was like me, Colton. I'm trying to remember who else was there, but some big dudes. Bunch of, probably Donnie. Bunch of big dudes. Yeah, and then a small female. And I remember Cruz telling her he he was saying because she was there for self defense purposes. I think uh -huh. he told her he's like, "This is the perfect setting." He's like, "These are all big, strong men." And if you ever get into a situation, that's probably what's going to happen. So you're going to get comfortable getting the hell away from them or hurting them. Yeah. And you could tell it like eased her mind a little bit. And Pumps them up a little bit. It's well, super empowering. Oh, it is. <laughs> Speaking of rolling with females, you were the first one I ever rolled with that kicked my ass. Like, <laughs> I remember this day, Jake. Oh, God. <laughs> and that's the other thing, like the ego. I'm a big, strong guy. And you're a little woman, you know, and I, I know, I know you're capable of what you're capable of, but I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I, I, before I know it, you're crawling around like a monkey on my back <laughs> and wrapping your arms around my throat. <laughs> Talk about that's humbling. It mm -hmm. really is. And it's really cool though. And I think it's good for, it was good for me. It yeah. made, it, it showed me like, yeah, the technique is, is key. Yeah. My wrestling coach, well, Cruz's wrestling coach, Frazier, talked mm -hmm. about him earlier. He always used to say, you're not a man or a woman on the mat. You're just a wrestler. Mm -hmm. Everybody's just a wrestler. And you kind of have to go into that with that frame of mind yeah. and just put all the other stuff out because you're all there to train. Mm -hmm. And if you treat them differently, like, how do you think it's going to happen out on the street? Like, mm -hmm. no one, a bully or someone who's trying to worst case rape you, they're not going to be nice to you. Exactly. So, better to do it in a safe, controlled environment mm -hmm. where you can, you know, react under pressure in that way. And I've, I've never felt more confident in my life than when I did martial arts. Yeah. Not like I'm going to go do dumb shit now. Like, I'm not going to go out in the dark alone. Like, yeah. 
it doesn't mean you can do that. You still have common sense. But yeah, but now that I've trained consistently and I, it's part of my lifestyle, Mm -hmm. like I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Um, And that's a a big part of what I want to instill in females, even just the fitness kickboxing. It's like having some basic striking to be able to react if something went wrong, like mm-hmm. could save your life. And that happened. Did Cruz talk about this on the, on the podcast? We had this girl, she was in our fitness kickboxing class back in California and she had maybe been doing it like, I don't know, three months, just maybe twice, three times a week, basic fitness kickboxing, no real self-defense, but all real technique and things like that. Mm-hmm. She got cornered in her house in the middle of the night and some guys like, cornering her while she's like asleep she wakes up she notices he's there it's okay it's okay like basically gonna attack and rape her and she just pops off with a straight right (laughs) never done a day of self-defense in her life just fitness kickboxing startles him and he runs and she fucking chases him down the street for about two blocks and then realizes oh wait what am i doing like he's gone i should probably go back so she goes back and calls the cops but it's like even just stuff like that like Mm -hmm. it will just instill that confidence in you and that's what i want to share well yeah confidence in life is is really important yeah it's whether you get it from jujitsu or wherever you get it being confident about yourself i think people end up being more successful in Mm -hmm. everything they do Mm -hmm. because you have that confidence yeah to strive yeah. for success. Yeah. I found mine through sports yeah. and especially martial arts because I was in a toxic relationship since freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. And martial arts basically saved me from that Yeah, um, without going into too much detail. Uh, we don't really have time for that, but it <laughs> did because I wouldn't be the person who I am mm-hmm. today without that. Well, I think it's good for especially other females to see somebody like you who is so confident and so strong and it's especially for young females or even young boys. My boys, have yeah. gotten, my boys have gotten so much from you. It's insane. I love coaching the kids. It's, I think it's really good for young people in general, but females to see another female yep. who, who is an ass kicker and who is confident in life. And yeah. I think that's, and I mean, same with men. I think men need to see that as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. With just confident people in general, like, like Kevin, for instance, He's a in shape, confident man who, like, actually, I'm gonna have my oldest son start working out with him, which we started to do last year. But he'll work out with me and my wife, and we're his parents. It's you, not I the mean, same. you know how it goes. I mean, it's not the same. <laughs> when, when, when you're with someone who's not, when they're with someone who's not their parent, they listen a little better. Yeah, you can and, tell them the exact same thing. Like, damn yeah, it, kid, I told yeah, you that. So we actually <laughs> just this week, my my wife was texting me because she was trying to work out with him. And he's not wanting to do it. And Begrudgingly. <laughs> so she says, hey, can you give Kevin a, Kevin a text to see if and Kevin, of course, yeah, let's do this. And we've done it before. And I see how yeah. like, how he'll look at Kevin. It's not his parent. It's it's somebody out of that loop and he respects what he has to say. And he, I think they'll get more out of it. And it's also because Kevin's a confident person. And I think people saying confidence is great. It's really good. For yeah. And that's Every even, kid needs a great coach. And that's not just kids. I mean, like, in your gym, yeah, adults. You're right. Adults Every adult does too, and they see somebody who's confident. That makes them want. I want to feel that way. You know, yeah. I got I got that from both CrossFit and Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, was a confidence I didn't ever have. Yeah, and yeah, I think I think it's really important. Yeah, most people who train with us, they don't want to be world champions. Mm-hmm. They could give a shit. Yeah, even about the belts, they just want to feel like yeah. they just want to step into their own power mm-hmm. and take control of their life and live it on their accord. 
I, I think the belt thing later comes more into play for people. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. I, I That was never a goal of mine. Yeah, I, I know for, for me, because I only did no gi. Mm-hmm. And Cruz had told me, like, we don't have a belt system for no gi, and I'm, I don't care. I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not in it for that. I just want to... Yeah. I want the exercise, and it'd be cool to learn how to do jiu-jitsu. Yeah. But once I was doing it for, like, about a year, I kept telling them, like, are you going to start a belt system for a uh, doggy? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing gi. It'd be kind of – I think it's kind of cool to have something to show you where you are, where you're at in, yeah. that, in that. But, but yeah, I think most people, like you said, they're not in it for that. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, how do CrossFit people deal with that? I mean, there's no ranks, right? It's either you train for fun, and then if you want to compete, I'm sure there's levels to that. But, like – no, it's just goal-oriented. You know, it's about, you know, because like Nat's weight-oriented. You know, can I do a muscle-up? How efficient is that muscle-up? You know, how much can you, like, snatch, squat, all that stuff? You're, it's about weights, but it's also about efficiency in those weights. Yeah. Like, does it look good? Are you doing a pull-up, or does it look like shit? Can you yeah. get over the bar in an efficient way or not? Um, you know, so there's no real, rank, no real ranks at all. It's just... Are you the best? No, then you're fucking not. I mean, it's it's a libertarian freaking mm-hmm. model, right? It's if you're not the best, I'm sorry. It's because you didn't train hard enough or your coach sucks or your genetics aren't that good. Sorry. You know, it's very libertarian. Someone you know? was better than you that day. Someone's <laughs> better than you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that goes back down to that whole thing I said earlier. You know, um, you can get people that are like, yeah, I got my first pull-up. I also do butterfly pull-ups. Like, no, not till you can do 15 weighted pull-ups with perfect form without interior scapular rotation, right? If you're doing a shitty pull-up, so I can help you to put more load on that, you know? It's good to start doing butterfly pull-ups with more load as you're going through some, you know, some typical fucking lollygag on a bar. I don't fucking do butterflies. I think they're gay as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like... I don't, you know, and I don't think squatting ass to grass is good for anybody either, especially if people don't do it, right? That's why people get hurt, because they don't ever squat below parallel, and then they go squat below parallel, right? <laughs> but I mean, I still squat to the standard of below parallel for CrossFit. I still do. But I see people habitually squatting as deep as they can. It's like, the whole point of squatting that deep is to catch a clean or a snatch mm-hmm. as low as you can, because you're, you can't pull that fucking bar any higher. <laughs> you have to get under it. That's the purpose of that. It's not meant mm-hmm. to be done for tons of repetitions. That fucks your shit up. If you want to live a long life healthy, don't do it. <laughs> if you want to keep your knees. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a world competitor in the Olympic, or an Olympic competitor, fucking do it. Because they understand that they're going to have less longevity doing that, right? Um, sorry. Another sidetrack. Fucking conversation. It just went on. <laughs> no. That's, that's the point. That's what we're doing. <laughs> well, I noticed you, you've gotten more serious with like your physical fitness and the way you take care of yourself. Oh yeah. I've noticed on Instagram, like, yeah, I can't perform if I don't do that other shit. Like I do ice baths. Mm -hmm. I've been doing them a lot because of my knee and like ice in my knee and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I love ice baths. Uh, I get a massage once a month Mm -hmm. and a lot of that. Yeah. It may just be a little bit indulgent because you know, I I like that shit. Um, but it it is a lot for my performance. Mm -hmm. Because I'm in the gym six days a week. Yeah. And I sit on my ass on the computer all day long before I go stand on the mat for four or five hours at a time. Yeah. So all that other stuff's super important too. Yeah. That's yeah. cool because, cool like I said, I follow you online and I've noticed that you have yeah. gotten more into recovery. Yeah. And that's things like Kevin preaches. He preaches about recovery and all that stuff. And 
like we did a workout last Memorial Day. It's called the Memorial Day Murph. Oh, I do it's, a version of that in kids. Yeah, okay, yeah. They hate me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did it here at home and Rough. I didn't even do the full thing, but I me and my wife we split it in partner workout mm-hmm. all this. So I don't remember how many squats there ended up being, but I I'm always so dead after squats, like it's because I have no mobil- mobility or flexibility, and that's why I get extra sore. So Kevin told me to try an ice bath. I'd never done an ice bath. It's all in your head. Oh, my gosh. So I went and bought bags of ice. We have a big bathtub. Mm-hmm. And I said, how long do I need to stay in? He says, five minutes is probably good. For someone just starting, five yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I can do five minutes. <laughs> I ain't no bitch. I sat down and got right back out the first time. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> then my wife tried to get in. She did the same thing. Fuck <laughs> So I was like, okay, I got to do the five minutes. And it was mostly my feet. It hurt my feet so bad to be on the ice. But I got in and stayed in for five minutes. Yeah. I wasn't sore the next day. I felt so good. Mm -hmm. I've never felt like that after school. Did you go neck deep? I I did. I sunk down. Once you go neck deep, that you got to like really control your breath because all the pressure on your chest, you're like, (laughs) you start breathing. Yeah. But the fact that I, I mean, I was normal soreness the next day, but I wasn't like where I couldn't walk. Yeah. That happens with me all the time with my legs, but it was really cool. So I see, I see, and I saw you actually, didn't you get like reposted? Uh, by, uh, by Wim Hof. Yeah, by Wim Hof. That's yes. cool. He's crazy. I love that guy. He's yeah. super cool. He's super in, he's got a super interesting accent. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he's Icelandic. I don't know. I don't know. What he's Nordic saying. of some kind. And he's got a super interesting voice, but you guys, if, if you ever get a chance to listen to him, you should, but. A lot of his stuff too is about like the mental toughness of it. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, there's all sorts of like physical properties that it helps like with your blood and muscle tissue and all that stuff. But for me, like it's changed the game for like my mental clarity because I'm always go, 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 go. And it's the only time I can sit and not think about anything, but what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge thing. I think people like they respect the hustle and they're like, think you're worthy because you like go and you do so much shit, but like you have to slow down to really be able to like fully give your all with all the other stuff. So Mm -hmm. that's helped me kind of slow down a lot too. And, um, focus on not doing as much. Take care of yourself. Yeah. The hustle is glorified. (laughs) So more importantly than all that, you just want a really cool singlet. Oh my God. (laughs) I saw that on Instagram. I think it's a uh, weightlifting one, Mm -hmm. but I want it for wrestling. So I won this like super obnoxious, Neon pink and purple wrestling singlet, and I'm nice. gonna wear the fuck out of it. Yeah, yes. Well, it's funny. I'm super stoked. I wear I wear a singlet when I do jujitsu, just so my ass crack doesn't hang out. You do? Oh yeah, I've I wear, never seen it. Well, Is it under it, your shirt? I wear it under my shirt. Oh come on, like, like I have I have my pit shorts and my my shirt, but I wear the singlet under some my. Ass I didn't know that. Out. Oh, it's funny because my wife always tells me, "Just go with the singlet." I'm like, nobody wants to see that. She does. But dude, I I I got one. Because you have to use them for weightlifting tournaments. Um, you have to? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like the still traditional, like, you yeah. know, clean snatch. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got that Nike one. There was, like, the one you get for, like, 80 bucks, and there's like, the $106 one you can get. Like, your nipples barely fucking hanging this thing. <laughs> so it makes you just look jacked. And so I was like, I gotta get that one. Like, it has, like, a tighter crotch on it. <laughs> like, your nipple, like, legitimately, it cuts off right at the, like, areola or whatever. So your, your chest was jacked in it. And uh, I thought about wearing it for jiu-jitsu. Like, it'd still work. Just, yeah. like, be a little more compression. I, I really like the compression aspect of it, but it was mostly so my house wasn't hanging out. But <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, but the compression was, it is nice. Like, 
even when I wouldn't wear it, I'd wear like compression shorts under my shorts. I just make out of that. Jake, I'm disappointed you didn't wear the singlet to class. It's bright red too. I would have matched the mat, all that good stuff. <laughs> It'll fit right in. I know. Well, I guess we can wrap this up. So. You want to shout out like your Instagram? Oh, sure. Um, At Sophie Strikes, S T R I K E S, not stripes, Mm -hmm. not a zebra. (laughs) Sophie Strikes and the Pit Idaho. Yep, at the Pit Idaho, uh, working with Top Mount Apparel at Top Mount Apparel. Um, They have a podcast too. If you ever get a chance to listen to it, they're super. It's kind of like this. They Mm -hmm. just pick a subject and talk about it. Yeah, super relatable. Anything else I want to shout out? My family. Yeah. Uh, Cruz Gomez. He was on the podcast earlier. My stepkids. Um, he did say nice things about you when he was on. I know. It's he cute. said he talked about my butt, but he's, then you copped it out. He's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he made some mention he did, of he it. He did make some. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what that was. He's like, yeah, I talked about your ass. And I was like, ooh, okay. So I was waiting for it the whole time. Yeah. And you guys edited it. I'm trying to remember what it was. It's okay. It, the only reason was because when he said it, it didn't quite fit with what we were talking about. And it was funny. And I'm trying to... Do you remember that? I don't remember you editing You were talking about doing things, not half-ass, but full-ass. And I was like, that's where he said it. Yeah, that, that must have been. And so, for some reason, it didn't fit in. But yeah. But no, he said nice things about uh, you. We, we get along super well. I wouldn't be where I am without him. Of course, I did the work, but um, I owe a lot of things to that man. Mm-hmm. So... I Shout think, out I to my a, lot of, a lot of people <laughs> owe a lot of things to him. Yeah. He's been good for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, Cruz, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's all I got to shout out. Um, oh, I want to thank my students, too. Mm-hmm. Everybody who comes and trains with me and puts their faith in me. Um, it means a lot to a coach and a business owner, of course, but being a coach is just a lot different. Mm-hmm. It's um, some of my value. A lot. So thanks, everybody. Keep yeah. showing up. <laughs> everybody, check out Sophie's Instagram. Check out the Pitts Instagram. And yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. Wait, you didn't ask me. I've been preparing for oh, this moment. Oh, what do I need to ask? If I had a superpower, oh, it's, it's, what would it be? So I'm going to ask you. Can we stop doing that? Because it just it was like so out of place. Oh, that's cool. You can ask me a different random question if you want. But no, what would your superpower be? My superpower would be teleportation. Why? Hands down. Because I'm super impatient, so I want to get sense. to A to B very quickly. Yeah, that's we true. Were, it's just like a long line of Starbucks. Like, go to the fucking next one. <laughs> I don't go to Starbucks, though. I go to my local coffee shop. Which one do you go to? Uh, they all know me by name. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, like, talk through the drive-thru and then, like, peer out the window. Oh, hey, Selfie. Mm-hmm. So, I go to BlackRock. Yep. I love BlackRock. They all know you have BlackRock. Yeah. Love the peeps yeah. at BlackRock. Like it doesn't feel fake, either. Yeah. There's yeah. lots of times where they you just feel like they're talking your ear off. Do you go to the one on Fairview? Uh, no, I go to my people on Cole and Ustick. What up, Cole and oh, yeah, Ustick, yeah. BlackRock? And I also go to Coffee Studio. I love Coffee I Studio. I love Coffee Studio as well. There's one on Cole and Ustick? Uh, I'm not Cole and Ustick. Cloverdale. Cloverdale. Cloverdale and Ustick. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's the Sorry one. I, get your hopes I, used to, I used to live right next to that. Yeah. I'd go to that one all the time. I like them. Coffee Studio's good. And then Cafaina's really good. They're the uh, same coffee. Co- yeah. Yeah. Which, like, we know. <laughs> I make my own coffee at home. I use Cafaina beans. Oh, They're the best. So good. So I'm, I'm going to tag them when I put this up on Instagram. Yeah. 
Tad Coffee Studio. Those are my favorite yeah, baristas. Yeah. I, don't like, I don't like Dutch Black Bros. Oh, no, I don't either. I had down. Dutch. I'm it's sorry. It's like the Keystone Light of coffee. <laughs> I had it one time and I was peeing out my butt for like yeah, two days. Yeah. Honestly, two days. I want something really good from Benito. It's like when you go there, order while you fucking window up. Because you know, they, they jump inside your damn car. Yeah. Hey, bro, man. Yeah. Like, with their fucking tank tops and their hairy ass armpits. Like, get the fuck out of yeah. here, bro. A lot of the baristas, though, at my at the other place I go to, they all came from Dutch Bros. So they started from Dutch Bros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. thanks, Dutch Bros, for starting them off. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a meme, a meme online about that that said something like, you roll up to Dutch Bros, and it's like, First of all, get out of my car. <laughs> like it's, it's like, what can I get you? First of all, get out of my car. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. Yes, shout out to all the good coffee spots. Yeah, I think that's about all. My mom and dad, love you, mom and dad. Yes. Um. So actually, before we go, do you believe in aliens? <laughs> yes. All right. All right. So, on the last episode, we <laughs> talked about aliens, and Kevin was like, we should end every episode with asking people. Do you believe aliens? aliens? <laughs> but, yeah, so thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. It's been a long time coming since we started this about what we six weeks ago. A month, a month and a half or so. But, yeah, we've been wanting you to come on. Oh, so, thanks. Yeah. Happy to be here. First, I didn't think I was interesting female. enough to be on a podcast, but that's cool. You, you I have fun. You did, you did perfect. <laughs> you, and you're, you're an interesting person. Oh, and a motivational person. Thanks. People need that motivation sometimes. Yeah. So if you want some motivation, follow her Instagram. Thanks, y'all. It'll make you want to go get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> All right.